Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Third and short for the Colts. Quick shotgun snap for Richardson. Big run for the Colts. There they go. Indianapolis inside the 20. Zach Moss the 10. He's at the 5. Touchdown. Zach Moss rips it away from 56 yards out. In the pocket is Richardson going to take a shot downfield looking for Josh Downs. And he's got it. A huge trunk play for Downs. Down to the 16-yard line. Rookie to rookie on the connection. Anthony Richardson's going to pull it out. He's going to run it right side. He's across the 25, trying to get to the 30. He's down to the 29. And Anthony Richardson is down on the field, and Lara Overton looks like he's pointing to his right shoulder after taking a shot on that rushing play. Anthony Richardson is currently sitting on the field, writhing in pain. He is grabbing his right shoulder. He is visibly in pain right now. Here's an end around by Tennessee, running right side, the 15, the 10. They cut back at the 5. Here's Spears into the end zone for a touchdown. Inchu to Moss, slithering, bouncing off tacklers. He's in there! Rolling out right side, going to throw it back, and this is a catch by Jonathan Taylor. Here comes the convoy. He's at the 40. He's at the 35, and then he is blasted out of bounds. But that's a big play on the running back screen. This is fourth and a long yard. Colts lead 20 to 16. Here we go. They give it to Derrick Henry. No. He is hit at the line no. of scrimmage. Pushed backwards, and the Colts defense has come up with a stop. Zaire Franklin in the face of Derrick Henry. A stop on fourth down. Shotgun snap for Minshew. Go. Flings it near side. Caught by Zach Moss. Stiff arms. He's waiting for a first down. There he goes. Near sideline. He's at the 30, the 35-yard line. And it's pushed out of bounds. What a tremendous game Zach Moss is having. Tannehill between the hash marks. Three receivers deployed to the right side. Spears is back to the left. Waiting on a shotgun snap. He takes it. Belt high. Backs the throw. In the pocket. Looking. Going to chuck it downfield. It's picked off by the Colts. Intercepted by Indianapolis at the 50-yard line. And that's Julian Blackman with the game ceiling interception. Alright, a reaction Monday coming up right now on the fan. It's the wake up call broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. A lot of good sprinkled in some bet. What an absolute crazy weekend. The Colts win. You almost forget about that. Zach Moss, fantastic. All mixed in with the Jonathan Taylor contract becoming official on Saturday. And then, of course, the Anthony Richardson injury. And if you're just waking up, Ian Rappaport and now others reporting a grade three AC joint sprain in that throwing shoulder. You're looking at about a month. Uh, so, wow, how narratives can change in the NFL so very fast. KB and Andy hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. KB, it's good to see you this morning. I assume the trip went well, and now it's time ta- And now it's time to talk about AC <laughs> joints for the next three hours, good sir. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did go well. Certainly a little bit of work on Saturday afternoon that I wasn't necessarily Boy. expecting. How was that? And so, <laughs> luckily, I had something pre-written. Okay. But, you know, the, the, I was 
was hoping so, man. Let's just say I I, I had to get the dust off that article because I had I, I had written that quite a while. <laughs> is the wife unhappy when that Ago, happens? I, she when was the, very okay. understanding. Okay, she, okay. so she, she was, was understanding. That's good. She was very understanding. And then yesterday, it, it is such a. Uh, it's such an awkward feeling. Like, it's a roller coaster. That's what it is. You want to be like first win in a, a year at Lucas Oil Stadium, and you out-bullied the big brother who had done that to you for the last X amount of years. And um, there were so many individual efforts of a Zach Moss and a Josh Downs and Zaire Franklin continuing to do it that should and deserve to be celebrated. But every time I get myself down that path, Andy... The sour taste of Anthony Richardson is the thing that almost kind of supersedes it all for me. And I think our listeners know that, you know, this topic to me is the most important aspect of the season is his development, the reps he gets, the progress he shows, all of those things. And now, even even if this injury was two weeks, Andy, and sure. not potentially a month or longer, right? there's no way anyone can ignore the elephant in the room, and that is the legitimate question of the availability of Anthony Richardson moving forward. And I know this sounds big to say, but the career window of him, what does that look like? I know maybe it's not something that we'll dive fully into today because I do think we should give proper attention to the victory yesterday. But how can you not at least have that question as we are now five games into his NFL career and he has missed half of the playing time and now that looks to be obviously a number that's going to rise significantly. So now I know, you know, sitting here, I'm looking at you guys. You guys are fathers, you're veterans and all of this. Now I know what it is to be up basically all night on a Saturday <laughs> night that doesn't involve... You're not watching uh, Pac-12 after yeah, dark. it doesn't involve chasing the Hawaii game late into the night. So I get up, uh, you know, kind of get up uh, through... You know, a long night with little gas, and it's Sunday, and I tell the wife, listen, I'm going to this Colts game, okay? I'm going to this Colts game, and right when he got tackled, and he pointed to that shoulder, and he was down, and he was writhing in pain. Make no mistake about it, Anthony Richardson was absolutely in pain yeah, Lara on Sunday. Yeah, it perfectly right yeah, there. Yeah, the I mean, he was down, and you knew immediately, like, it wasn't good. Immediately, all the gas bags in the press conference, J.M. V's up there. You know, I got Brendan King next to me, who I'd never met. Smelled fantastic, by the way. Whoa. Uh, so a little it's, old spice smell to him. I, I, I didn't have the Brendan King <laughs> smell on the bingo and, and card so, at and, 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 and immediately everyone's going, oh, that's a month. That's six weeks. You know, we all know everything about injuries. Uh, and he walks to, you know, he limps. I mean, my man was moving slow to... Uh, that you know, shoulder was hanging. The, the shoulder was hanging. At one point, I didn't think he was even going to go into the blue tent. Uh, but, you know, he was in there not too long and then immediately to the locker room and you're right it's such an emotional roller coaster of a weekend for the Colts because you get a win and you get a big win and you get a bullying win and then I'm out spreading mulch on Saturday and then the news breaks and you're out doing whatever the hell you know the the Bowens do in Arizona (laughs) out on the west coast and and you know besides watching Notre Dame embarrass themselves which we can get to at some point and then the Jonathan Taylor news breaks and it's a very similar number and structure that that you have talked about and we've had a conversation so you're feeling good on Saturday you know JT's gonna be running out of that tunnel which he did second to last AR was last uh he runs out of the tunnel you know he gets 10 snaps or whatever and then you know the injury the win what a roller coaster of a weekend because it was a damn good win by the Colts it was a damn good
good performance. O-line, some guys on the defense, Zach Moss, fantastic yet again. And just the energy of getting Jonathan Taylor. He's yours, right, in the prime of his career the next couple seasons. Uh, but it's all overshadowed by the grim reality that Anthony Richardson cannot stay healthy in the NFL. And that is a tough pill to swallow. It is, but that's, man, that's how I feel. I'm at like a seven and a half, eight in worry about Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I'm like an eight out of 10. I am easily there. Um, and for a couple of reasons, Andy, it's four separate injuries so far through the first five games of his NFL career. I would not call any of the hits uh, beyond malicious or to the point where they would be suspendable hits. We have yet to see a 300-pounder in the pocket fall on him. Uh, we've yet to see, you know, sometimes you see quarterback injuries where guys just roll up on you yeah. in the pocket. No one's went after his legs. A defensive lineman's hit him low, right? I know it's a penalty, but again, those things happen. These have been four running plays. They all have been outside of the pocket, and... I think a question you had exiting Florida, Andy, was just 13 games. That is such a small sample size. You watched Lamar Jackson up close and personal at Louisville. That guy was available for Louisville for all three of his seasons there. Three seasons is a long time of playing college football. And Lamar, through the first couple years in the NFL... Had been healthy. You know, he's obviously missed the last couple of Decembers. But, you know, that's a guy that, again, you're going off of three times the sample size in college. Richardson, albeit built much differently than Lamar Jackson, just didn't have that. So, honestly, hand raised. I probably should have paid a little bit more attention to when we talk in experience, we also are talking one season does not all of a sudden mean you are some durable, durable piece. Like showing it year in and year out. Josh Allen had played a lot more at Wyoming. You know, Jalen Hurts. I'm trying to think of the, the other quarterback styles. Oh, Jalen Hurts had played so much. He's an old man in college football. Right. So, <laughs> right? you know, that is something we probably should have, again, paid a little bit more of attention to, but I think it was just chalked up to, oh, he's 6'4 and 255. Remember, he put on 10 pounds since his final year at Florida, and yet these hits, when you do expose yourself to more of them, which he does as a runner, you're naturally going to run a little bit of a higher risk with all of that. Having said that, Andy, I do think, considering the opponent, considering the style of win that you had, the victory deserves proper attention on this Monday. Obviously, we'll talk Richardson. Certainly, we'll talk the Taylor contract. Those are two topics we can get to Monday through Friday this week. But you outbullied the team that has done that to you. And, and whether, you stopped Derek, uh, Derek Henry. Right, whether Henry it didn't was do anything. stopping Henry to 3.3 yards yeah. per carry, or I thought your offensive line set a little bit of a 2018 tone to it, a little bit of a Jonathan Taylor league rushing champ tone to it from a couple of years back. And even if you take out the big Zach Moss run, just remove that from the game, he's still five yards per carry against the league's top rushing ranked defense and I thought the sequence of you stuffing Henry on the fourth and one we just heard the clip there from Matt Taylor great reaction per usual from Rick Venturi on that play you're up 20 to 16 right then and there what 10 minutes ago in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter eight minutes ago in the fourth quarter something like that if they convert that they probably punch it in and take the lead so you stuff them there and then you carve out a seven-minute Gardner Minshew gives you everything you could hope for from a backup quarterback. A couple of critical third-down conversions. You ice the clock. You just slowly kind of milk the rest of the time away. And now, to the point that you said, and we'll, we will get there this week, Thursday or Friday probably, 
But now you set up a, a, a just a massive Week Six divisional game in Jacksonville with the three and two Colts and the three and two Jags, and the winner of that. Uh, has the AFC South lead with the midway point of the season approaching? At any point, uh, and, and I know what you're saying, at any point, any one of these stories would carry us for three hours right. today. And we get <laughs> we get all three of them. It was interesting to be spreading mulch when the ESPN app goes out and it's like, oh, here's a nice little juicy Jonathan Taylor contract on top of your Saturday. And I did think of you. I'll and be I actually honest. felt bad for you. Well, and, and again, l- luckily it wasn't too, too taxing because <laughs> I had something you know written in, in, in like you said earlier, you know that figure. You know, three for thirty-nine is the number that I've thrown out there most often. You know, three for forty-two obviously is not much, much different from from that. Um, but when I saw Malki Kawa tweet Taylor's agent <laughs> for the shoe, for the shoe, I think to myself, <laughs> man, he, 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 he sounds like he's eager for for Sunday. Is, and, is he going to be up there? Is he going to be up in the press area? Maybe like, a little. Is he going to bang the anvil if Zach Eady yeah. doesn't doesn't make it in town? So for a brief second there, I thought to myself, that's a little odd. Like the guy's making his debut it's not like the Colts necessarily did a whole lot in in creating that and then of course what 10-15 minutes later you have that announcement as you said Andy I didn't want to seek that in 10 snaps for Taylor yesterday six carries for 18 yards obviously a very quiet day on the ground he did have the one screen pass go for 16 but again a major hat tip to Zach Moss for the amount of work he did and I thought a really really big play that we probably won't hit on a whole lot today but he caught a ball out of the backfield on a third down there to start that seven-minute clock-eating drive that you still were backed up there. It was a third and five. He's got to make a good catch. He's got to make a nice run after the catch to get you a first down there. That was no position to where if you fall short of the of, of the chains, you'd be going for it. Um, so, Zach Moss, I, again, I... If you're going to give a game ball five games into the season, how do you not give it to him for just um, the committed running style that he's given you a little bit more out of the backfield than I thought was there? Um, and just a really, really nice uh, nice game for him. And we yesterday. can play the sound, but JT said they'd be spooky together uh, in the backfield, those two running. So and so, re- yeah, I like that. And so now what's Shane Steichen going to do knowing that Anthony Richardson's going to be unavailable? He's going to get, uh, what was this, either last night or this morning, a second opinion. So I would imagine here in the next few hours, 24 hours, we'll get some more clarity. But this is Minshew's team. And now for you, coming up in 730, what I was thinking, we'll get to a check down here. Here in a minute. Um, what I was thinking is, you know, you have been strong, and, and listen, I want to be clear to, uh, to the listeners, you have been right that this season has been all about evaluating Anthony Richardson. I have disagreed only to the stretch of, hey, this team can go win some games. Now that you know Richardson is compromised, that he's not going to be there for at least a month, and then you really start to dig into, well, even if he comes back, he has had so many injury issues, which is a fair question. What is this season about now, right? I mean, is it now? Is it truly just about wins? Is again Jonathan Taylor back? Is it still getting wins, having a damn good season, and then getting Richardson back in the last month, month and a half of the season, and finishing strong and having him be the quarterback? Now sorting out what they're going to kind of be and look like, knowing that the main focal point of the season is going to be out of commission for a while. Yeah, and again, the report from Ian Rappaport from earlier today. Uh, sources, Colts starting QB Anthony Richardson received an initial diagnosis of a grade 3 AC joint sprain, which would mean he'd miss a month or more. He has an MRI this morning to confirm. Either way, it's likely Gardner Minshew next week 
and moving forward. The Colts schedule, Andy Sweeney, over the next month plus looks like this. Again, at Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. Then you'll have back-to-back home games, Cleveland and New Orleans. If you were to round out that month time frame, again, October 9th today, you're at the Panthers on November 5th. So that Mm -hmm. falls into the month. Again, Ian's initial report is a month or more. You are in Germany to take on New England on November 12th, then your bye week. So if you're just going to play out this sort of month right. or more, I think it's simple to it see. It seems yeah. logical that he would miss the next five games. Your bye week would fall then on week six. He then could return for the final seven. You still have seven games to close out the year. But obviously, those are some topics that we'll get to. A little bit later in the show. Uh, fall is alive and well here in Indianapolis. I know it's supposed to warm up a little bit later as the week moves along, but it is crispy here on this Monday morning. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton is with us as well. We'll take your calls, 317-239-1070. A ton, ton to react to here on a victory Monday with a little bit of a sour taste. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, tons to get to. Pacers in action last night. MLB, those playoffs are are flying. I would say they're flying. I have no idea. I watched precious little MLB playoffs, given that they were on Saturday and Sunday college football and NFL. We get to Notre Dame, but we'll get to Notre Dame. But let's start. Do we uh, have to? (laughs) Yes, we we have to. Unbelievable. Flooded my damn timeline. You better believe it. What are you going to say to KB? I think, guys, he knows. He knows Uh his team stunk it up, okay? I've been punched punched in the you-know-what Yeah, yeah, you don't think. He, you don't think he knows? Uh, anyway, Colts obviously yesterday, the big win there, 23-16, snapping damn near a year there in Lucas Oil without winning a game, and then five straight it had been the Tennessee Titans. We talked a ton about that last week, but 23-16, your final. Obviously, the big story, Anthony Richardson goes down, probably going to be out at least a month. Here's Shane Steichen on the risk for injuries with the quarterback position. I think, you know, when you have a dynamic player like him, um, and obviously one of his skill set is a runner, that what makes him really good. Um, you know, the design runs, the design run that he got hurt on, we ran something similar to that last week where he popped it for a big one. And then obviously this week he got the shoulder uh, on that play. So um, that's stuff that, you know, you got to look at and be smart with. And it's part of, part of the game. And, you know, hope you're, you don't want it to happen for sure. Again, the report from NFL Network going to miss a month, if not more, with a grade three AC sprain. Shane Steichen to meet the media this afternoon. We'll see confirmation on that. A uh, couple of game balls via Kevin Bowen, I think, to hand out. Zach Moss, Josh Downs, DeForest Buckner looked much, much healthier to me this week than he did last week. And overall, how about the play of the offensive line? I thought just the ability to establish the line of scrimmage and really both sides of it, O-line and D-line, you out-bully Tennessee. And it, it, it can get a little ugly looking when you play the Titans and when it did get some ugly moments on Sunday. Your ability to control the trenches is a big reason why you uh, have won your first home game in nearly a year. 
Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, Week 5. Guys, the San Francisco 49ers continue to be very good at football. They absolutely dominate the Cowboys last night in Sunday night football. Uh, other things of note that caught your guys' eye from Week 5? Well, yeah. I mean, just to me, Lamar Jackson losing the game there. And then the defense just falling asleep uh, there in Pittsburgh. The Ravens should have won that game. You have the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Me and Mark were talking. ESPN was talking about it. The you know Their morning show leading in to us. I'm like, I can't think of anything uh, this entire week of the NFL that I care about less than Sean Payne and Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I I know nationally people may, great may look at it, but I just, I mean, it is, but it's just a storyline. Like, Nathaniel Hackett stunk there last year. And by the way, they're not very good. It's not like the Jets are great, you know? And it's like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett got one over. Yeah, okay, he's, you know, he's been the head of two pitiful offenses. And then probably the first time all year I was semi- Impressed by Jacksonville, right? That was a nice win. Yeah, that was a very nice win. They stayed over there. Perhaps that gives them some help. You know, Buffalo having to travel over there on a short week. But Buffalo couldn't move the ball for about 75% of the game. That was a good 25-20 win. Uh, The Patriots stink, and they might be the worst Patriots team in decades. They are just Just bullets at home. They are horrible to watch right now. If they're not the worst team, they're second worst. Because you can say Carolina has not won a game. They're the worst team. Bryce Young looks a little bit lost. Bailey Zappy time? It I listen, next week, Giants and no Patriots and Giants are in like two weeks. You're gonna get Tyrod Taylor versus B- B- uh, Bailey Zappy. And I is hope Jim Nance is Sunday on that night game. game. Get that I on some reason. Get I that on true mo- TV. Maybe. I hope it's Monday night. God almighty. <laughs> I, I saw last night after they were wrapping Niners Cowboys like, and next Sunday it's the Bills and the Giants. I'm like, the Giants again? Come yeah. on. It's gonna be Tyrod Taylor. Uh absolutely pitiful from Notre Dame on Saturday night. Uh they set the tone early on with a opening drive. <laughs> The interception and Andy. Frankly, I just thought they got out toughed in the trenches. Your I boy mean, Alto got ran over. Yeah, Joe three Alt times. absolutely run over a left tackle. Yeah, <laughs> who's Alto? Sounds like a medicine that I probably needed on Saturday night to recover from that one. Uh, that was ugly by the Irish, to say the least. Andy, you were all over. You thought Louisville had the potential to uh, dial up a what? blowout, and Jeff Brom continues to. Uh, record big wins. You know how things set up in college football that Notre Dame had been through kind of like, you know, the last, what, three, four weeks have been through a difficult one. And I want to make more of an excuse for that, but I just can't. No, they just got got whipped. They just got whipped, and that was one of those games where, like, like, men, women, and children were on the field. That wasn't like, hey, it's just going to be college kids. Like, there were people who's like 55 years old storming the field. I thought I saw Patino storm the field at one point. (laughs) Well, listen, they need need Patino. Give me the swoosh. We'll get to to Notre Dame. Can I throw out this? You can do whatever you want. Quick. Did you guys see the early line on Indiana and Michigan coming up for Saturday? Oh boy, what is that? I'm going to uh, say... 27 and a half. I have uh, not seen it. I'm just guessing. Indiana in the I'll big house 30, Saturday. 30 and a half. <laughs> 34 and a half. Wait, wait. We ran a promo for two weeks. Jake Query said this is the game where Indiana... Remember this promo, KB? That Indiana was going to go into the yeah, big house Indiana and get winning, the win? correct. So yeah. does he still... Jake, do you still have them winning as we sit here uh, on October 9th? I uh, kind of doubt that's the case. That could be like his Indy 500 prediction where he made it and then he made it again and he changed his pick. He's like, I had it the whole time. He went to go see Frankenstein last night. Wow. I sat next to him in the press box for a little bit. It's a hell 
of a sudden. So there you go. Uh, Orioles at, at the Colts game or at Frankenstein? <laughs> well, at, well, at uh, at the Colts game. Okay. No. Uh, quickly, baseball Rangers eleven eight over Baltimore. That series two zero Texas Astros fall to the Twins six two. Games tonight: Phillies at Braves, Diamondbacks at Dodgers. Yeah, just real quick, the Pacers had their preseason opener last night in Memphis. They lose in overtime. I can't think of anything worse than overtime in a preseason <laughs> NBA game. Benedict Matherin led the starters with 18. No Tyrese Halliburton. Jarris Walker didn't play in the first half, which is kind of interesting because I thought the first half had a feel of like, this is our rotation. Second half, though, he did. He had 19 points and 9 rebounds and 4 assists. Defense, to say it was apparent on Sunday, would probably not be the case. Again, no Halliburton, no Daniel Tice, no Andrew Nemhard. Uh, the Pacers back in action tomorrow night for game two of four on their preseason slate. All right, on the other side, a lot to get to from yesterday. Again, the Colts get the victory 23 16. They are now 3 and 2 on the season. It was a big one in the AFC South, and they did it in a fashion that. The Titans had done it to them in years past. Obviously, some huge storylines besides that. Anthony Richardson injury. Jonathan Taylor makes his debut. Give us your thoughts. 317-239-1070. We'll take calls and give you a little bit of insight from our end as well. Good Monday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. It is a wake-up call. KB and Andy on 93.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I have 107.5 The Fan. I assume that's for Jonathan Taylor, who gets his money. I know what Mark well Dyton's done. doing on this Monday morning. We're reading between the lines here. KB and Andy hanging out with you in the DriveHuber.com studios. We're going to take some calls. 317-239-1070. Now what for the Colts? Anthony Richardson out uh, at least a month. Shane Steichen will be speaking with the media today. Perhaps we get a little bit more clarity today. But it's going to be Gardner Minshew's team. Actually, it's Zach Moss's team right now. If you look at it that way, all the Jonathan Taylor stuff, obviously. The Anthony Richardson an injury, and, and then on top of it, a massive win in Lucas Oil. And again, that, that's the report from NFL Network. So far, nothing yet from the Colts on Richardson, but yeah, Ian Rapport reporting about an hour ago that a grade 3 AC sprain for Anthony Richardson uh, likely to miss a month, if not more. Uh, certainly some things to watch for. Uh, any move to injured reserve would put Richardson on the shelf for at least four games. Shane Steichen to meet the media later today, um, so we'll certainly keep you updated on that end. Um, I do want to get into the game, Andy, because you know when you have 
and you know, I said this all week long, like this is a game that you would label as a rival. If there's anybody on your schedule that would fall into this sort of rival label, it would be Tennessee with how they've beaten you. I mean, yesterday was the first win you've had over them at home since 2018. It's just astonishing how the Titans have controlled this series. And I thought, fittingly, you did to them what they've done to you. And they have controlled the line of scrimmage in this matchup. And I think that is what has frustrated Jim Irsay, in that these two teams are built in very similar fashions. And Tennessee has been the better team, and certainly the more consistent team overall, in the Mike Vrabel era. But I thought your offensive line played really, really good. Certainly, Zach Moss running it, but I thought they protected, whether it was Richardson or Minshew, very well. And I thought your D-line, it wasn't perfect by any means, Andy, but what they did to Henry, holding him to less than three and a half yards per carry, stands out. And I just thought your defense was timely. The, the, the amount of red zone stops they got, certainly the fourth and one stuff there, uh, that was a huge, huge play. And again, fittingly for me, it was... You get the fourth down stuff, and then all of a sudden, with eight minutes to go in the game, you're backed up on your own goal line. You've got Gardner Minshew in it. You dial up this 14-play, seven-minute kind of clock-eating, grind it out. You get the third down. Tennessee's thinking we can get off the field. Boom, a big conversion. Same thing. Get the third down. Tennessee thinks they've got hope. Boom, a huge conversion there. And by the time Tannehill took over, after that Matt Gay field goal, the game was pretty much over. So I, I, I don't want to lose sight of in this immediate, you know, less than 24 hours after what happened, Andy, for the first time in seven times of walking out of Lucas Oil Stadium, Colts fans got to celebrate a win, and they got to do it against a team that has had your number over the past few years. I was walking to my car, and there was a guy that looked like Gardner Minshew. And even his buddies were like, hey, this is the quarterback. He left the locker room early. I'm like, that guy does look like Gardner Minshew. So guys with long hair all over the city of Indianapolis. They can pull that off. Uh, <laughs> They're going to be able to have some fun uh, if they go out to bars. Listen, you know what this game... Now, this was... This was something I said before the game, and I, I, I would have taken this as a win and Anthony Richardson playing well. And obviously, he got injured in the second quarter, which can change, I guess, some of the data here. But this win to me, KB, it kind of gave the Colts some staying power. Does that make sense? Like, that they're just not going to slink away? You know, if, if you back up the Puka Nakua uh, career game, okay, and, and to that kind of a loss on Sunday and then it's six in a row against the Titans and then it, now you're going over a year because you go to Jacksonville next week. Now you're over a year winning at Lucas Oil and it was, it was even a bigger win considering what was going on with Anthony Richardson. I always say, okay, what's the alternative to what actually happened? Well, KB, the alternative is yes, you gave JT the extension, and he only got, you know, just a little bit of run three yards per carry yesterday. But you would have lost Anthony Richardson, and you would have lost him to the hands of Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, and you would have lost the game, right? I mean, like yesterday could have been an all-out terrible game. You leave feeling... Con- I don't know if confidence the word, but there is competence still there with a backup quarterback. It's not confidence, but it's competence. And a lot of these teams in the NFL can go to their backup quarterback and there's not competence. And you know that. You see that yeah. all over the league. He's not and the volatile. Have that. 
Yes. That, yeah, like backups can be volatile. Like you don't know what you're going to get from them. Of hey, you know, there might be that darling game of like, oh my gosh, he, he, Jacoby just threw for 300 yards. Are are we going to have a quarterback debate discussion on Monday morning and insert NFL city here with Minshew? He's every time he's been asked to go into the game this year, Andy, it's been pretty efficient as a as a passer, and he hasn't turned it over. He hasn't and, made and, the mistakes. Just lost that's the game. The right. Biggest thing is like you, you don't have those turnover worthy plays, and right now with how Zach Moss is running it, you can lean on that. And if your defense is making enough plays, again, I I think more than anything with the win, it is. It's not the end-all, be-all message, because I still think Jacksonville deserves to be labeled as the favorite in the AFC South for this season. But Andy, for once in a long time, unfortunately, the Colts said, all right, enough of not being a presence at home. Enough of not being notable in the AFC South. The Colts have been an afterthought in this division over the last year, year plus. Probably dates back more like two or three years. And with this win, all of a sudden, this is crazy to even think about. Last year, the Colts won one AFC South game. One game out of six in this lowly division last season. It's October 9th, and now you've won two divisional games. And you still got three more to go this season, but you've already won two. So, again, these are all just kind of steps forward that for your entire operation, chain and etc., these are necessary moments. And again, it's going to set up a really, really important Week 6 divisional matchup, especially considering you've already lost at home to Jacksonville this season. Um, but but you know, before we just get into the deep end of Richardson's injury, into the deep end with Taylor Contract, I do think guys like Zach Moss, guys like Josh Downs, the play of the offensive line, the play of the defense in those red zone settings, what Gardner Minshew did in relief, that needs to be commended because you haven't walked out of that stadium as a winner in nearly a year. You haven't beaten that opponent in multiple seasons. That should be celebrated. Yeah, I want to get to Steichen on Zach Moss here in a second. We'll take some calls, 239-1070. So, KB, I want you to put your... Now, you usually would be there, so I'm sitting up there in the beautiful press box of Lucas Oil yesterday, and I want you... So, AR has left the game at this point, okay? And we all know the competence of Gardner Minshew, right? Like, we understand that. I'm sitting there, and that game is 10-6, to and they go for it on fourth down. Do the Colts. I didn't love that. Okay. Well, no, at that point, I'm saying, listen, you got to back up in. Points are going to be at a premium. Take the field goal and lead by seven, right? I I was with you. And then Steichen drew up a play that was open. And Granson was open, and for whatever reason, you know, Minshew, Granson, they could not connect. And at that I mean, point... Granson was open, but let's not act like Minshew had some layup of a throw oh, there. No, I mean, no. he had a defender no, he, oh, oh, right oh, oh, in no, his no, face. Listen, understandable, but that was one of those plays where if they make that play... I'm, I'm saying I'm sitting there, and Anthony Richardson's out of the game. And so everyone's kind of stunned. I mean, everyone's like, okay... It, is, I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, he's writhing, he's writhing in pain on the ground. You know this right. guy at that point. You know he's going to miss time. It's just throwing shoulder. It's not his left arm. Like, you're worried. If you're a Colts fan, you're thinking, okay, is this guy going to be out for the season? I mean, that's that's a, that's literally a conversation that's going on, and you get to a fourth down call, and it's a big call, and it's a ballsy call by Shane Steichen in a game where that, I mean, we if they lose, we could go back to that play and say, well, we could Monday morning quarterback that play, and they could not connect, and, you know, the defense was in the face. One of the few times that I thought 
thought the defensive line for the Titans was very good. I, I thought they were one of the more disappointing units on the entire field yesterday, quite frankly. Um, and, and and they can't make that connection. And you go in leading by four, and it's ten to six at halftime, and it should be a touchdown and an extra point lead. Um, and, and that ended up not mattering. And they had to go get the ball and drive, like you said. Uh, it's just to me that win was about staying power. To me that win was about we got a coach here that's not a bum. Uh, that was about hey we have we have a team a guy like Minchu a guy like Zach Moss that are playing their asses off an offensive line that the last couple weeks has kind of been through it and they're playing their asses off I don't know to me that was it was a gut check and it was a hey at least for a nice chunk of this season we are going to be in games and we are going to be able to win and winning for other teams for visiting teams in Lucas Oil is not going to be the layup that it's been the last calendar right. year or so and again look at the schedule I mean, this schedule has coin flips galore Saints, all over Browns, it. I mean, Patriots. It is, there is not one game you look at the rest of the year and think, oh, yeah, the Colts are a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, I, honestly, Sunday is probably the hardest game they'll have the rest of the season. I think the you, early line you're probably is four-and-a-half. Right. You're probably right. Who knows what Cincinnati looks like in December? Obviously, they finally showed up yesterday. Um I do want to mention Blake Freeland at left tackle from yesterday, Andy, because I thought for how disappointing, and understandably, his first start was against the Rams. Obviously, it helps when you're not playing Aaron Donald, uh, but I thought much better from him yesterday in his second start for Bernard Ryman. Um, and then again, just for those that have missed it this morning, Ian Rappaport around 6, 6.30 reported that uh, Anthony Richardson had suffered a grade three AC sprain in that throwing shoulder and that he would miss a month, if not more. Now, Stephen Holder just reported this, Andy. The Colts, as of this moment, he puts that in uh, little mm-hmm. stars around it, right. do not have an official diagnosis on Anthony Richardson's right shoulder per team source. So, team source there, I, I would guess Rappaport is more of from the Richardson side of it. Um, but that is me just um, guessing on that. I thought there was a report yesterday that the MRI was happening last night. Yeah, Rappaport, he's the first one that had the that kind of had the injury report when it happened uh, as well. Yeah, I thought that was going to be last night and we get some. Well, maybe it was last night and Rappaport is reporting more clarity this morning. I yeah. don't know. So again, we will continue to keep you updated, but the NFL Network report is from Ian Rappaport, Anthony Richardson to miss a month, if not more on that. Uh, Shane Steichen scheduled for a 2.30 conference call today, so we'll see some confirmation on that end. All right, let's take a couple of calls here. Again, 317-239-1070 for that. Let's begin with Mark on this Monday morning. Good morning, Mark. Hey, guys. Got three kind of comments, and I'll uh, hang up at the end here and hear what you have to say. But um, first of all, congratulations to the Colts. Uh, the Reggie Wayne curse against Tennessee is now broken. If you remember in 2018, his speech at the draft, he was putting Tennessee down because we'd kicked their ass like 17 times in a row. We hadn't done crap against them since then. So that curse is broken. Uh, the second thing is I wish JT would have been more professional. The most underpaid guy on the team is Zaire Franklin. And look, you don't hear him squawking about needing more money. He's going to handle that in the off season. Third thing is Anthony Richardson. I've been a season ticket holder and a Colts fan for quite a while. 
you're starting to remind me about another uh, of another high draft pick that the Colts had, and unfortunately he was heavy promise and due to injuries didn't deliver. His name is Steve Entman, and I hope I'm wrong with that comment. Mark, like thank said, you. Appreciate it, Mark. Um, the JTs, I air. Uh, I don't know if I can go there. Just apples to apples on that end. But let, let, let's go with the last one, Andy. About you know Steve Etman for Anthony Richardson. Someone tweeted at me uh, yesterday. Is there a Jonathan Bender feel to you know Anthony Richardson in the start to the career? Andy, I don't know how anyone can have watched the first five games of Anthony Richardson's career and not be. Encouraged by the play on his field and equally as discouraged about how long of a career window is he going to have. And that might be too dark of a comment to make, but that is my prevailing thought of watching Richardson so far. We are talking about 11 quarters played, 9 quarters missed in 5 weeks. We're talking about 4 different injuries to 4 separate body parts. It's not like Andy, he... Uh, hurt his ankle injury in week one, and all of a sudden the strain on the ankle led to a knee injury in week two. You know, like something like that. These are four very different injuries, all again from running plays, all from outside of the pocket. We've yet to seen him get rolled up on in the pocket or the big defensive lineman falling on him and things like that. And then it's so unfortunate, but that is my prevailing thought here on October 9th that you just worry about how long is this going to be there? The goal with drafting a guy at four overall at that position is this is a dude that could play at a high level for a six or an eight or maybe even a decade-long run. And right now, if you were to say, Kevin Bowen, is that going to happen? I can't say that with any confidence. Uh, Listen, I said to begin the show that I'm an 8 out of 10 when it comes to worry on Anthony Richardson. That's just where I'm at. He's going to have to play and string a bunch of games together. And I'm with you. It's not just, like, I don't know. Like, you don't want him to be injured. It's not just one major injury that he's dealt with. Because then you could say it's like Aaron Rodgers. And I know he's 40 years old and it was on that crazy turf at MetLife and everything else. But Aaron Rodgers this year has one major injury, right? And you you could look at it. And you would look at it and say, well, that's a fluke, right? You know, a guy popped his Achilles. You know, that's terrible. Uh, you know, it's terrible luck. And, you know, things happen in the NFL. It's a collision sport. With Anthony Richardson, it's been a lower leg injury. It's been a now throwing shoulder for a month plus. It's been a concussion where he's missed a game and a half. And I think the reason, because of Steichen and because of Minshew and because they have been solid other places, and yes, you could even throw in there, perhaps because of the schedule, you know, they've been able to win some of these games, KB. If they lose yesterday to Tennessee and they lose, what was it, week two to Houston, and they lose those games where Anthony Richardson's not a part of those games, how different is the conversation? We can mask it a little bit with they have a good coach, they have a really good backup, and they're able to win, and they have won some games. If we were talking about Anthony Richardson compiled with losing yet again over a year at Lucas Oil, losing for the sixth straight time against the Tennessee Titans, that would be a different discussion. And then the other thing for me, I just, I don't view like 
this is not like the play caller's fault. Does that make sense? Like, if if you're going to have Anthony Richardson, whether it's scrambles or a few designed runs, that's what you're going to do. You don't draft the number four overall if you're going to say, hey, man, just sit in the pocket all game long. Like, with RG3, I felt like there was some malpractice there. I don't feel like, for a second this season, there has been, well, Steichen's putting him out there to where his body uh, can get hit and where he can absorb those hits. Even in a few runs he had yesterday, he was sliding. He took a one-yard He took a one yard play earlier in the game where he slid. Yeah, his it, playing style has yeah, changed a it, little it, bit It, it hasn't. It's not like they're running him like Lamar Jackson was, was ran early in his career in Baltimore or definitely in college. And like that's, that's also what worries me even more is there's nothing I can point to and say, well, I mean, Shane Sykin's running this guy 18 times a game and everything's involved around him running the ball. I don't feel like the Colts' offense is in, is is all about Anthony Richardson running the football. Again, I don't. One more national report here from Anthony Rich or on Anthony Richardson. This would be Diana Rossini. Just left the ESPN over at the Athletic now, and she has been. I would say pretty on point with this story um, since the Richardson injury first developed yesterday. Uh, she is in line with Ian Rappaport here. Uh, she says Anthony Richardson had the, had the MRI on his shoulder. The Colts are waiting for the results to confirm the initial diagnosis of a grade 3 AC joint sprain. The team is bracing for the QB to miss four to six weeks of time. Again, Andy, just to go over what that would look like here. If he were to miss the next four weeks, a month, that's at Jacksonville, home to the Browns, home to the Saints, at the Panthers. If you go a little over a month, November 12th, you're in Germany against the Patriots. Your bye week is November 19th. Nothing from the Colts yet. Stephen Holder's made that very clear so far. Shane Steichen will meet the media later today. But if we're looking four to six weeks, basically, Andy, what that means is this. Through the first 10 games of the season, uh, so what is that? 40 quarters of action. He will have played in 25% of those 40 quarters. And then returning from the bye week, he would have seven games to possibly play in. So if you want to kind of get into the 17-game rookie season for Anthony Richardson, if this is a month to six weeks, you're looking at around a half of the year he's played. And that's assuming he, of course, stays healthy for the final seven weeks of the season. And, of course, based off what we've seen so far, that would probably be foolish to make that assumption just yet. I want to take some calls in the 8 o'clock hour, plus the Jonathan Taylor contract. Did you consider it stunning? That was a word that was making its way around NFL circles on Saturday. Let's do that. Again, a crispy start to this week here in Indianapolis. Thanks for tuning in. It's Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5107.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Fan. Yeah, you heard that right there. We're giving away some Toto tickets. Like, let KB and Mark Dyke to figure that one out. <laughs> Bless the rain down from Africa. 
I like that. How was your weekend, by the way? Did you have a good weekend? I, I, you I want catch some total action. You want it, to it, tell it us great. about your weekend? Or you, it was great until about noon on Saturday when all of a sudden <laughs> Malky Kawa and for this Ballard and Jonathan Taylor put pen to paper. But no, it was uh, great to get away. Happy uh, belated birthday to my wife, Maddie. Uh, so we had fun celebrating some beautiful weather. Played a little golf. Okay, I thought you might have. Now, did you take your clubs with you? Took my clubs. Okay. Um, now, everything turned in a process of Let's do a contract extension at noon on a Saturday <laughs> and Notre Dame football. Let's not show up in Louisville. Did you, uh, so you watched, I know you watched the Notre Dame game, but what's the Yeah, scene? I watched every play. Oh, so you watched every play. Okay. Mark and I were talking about that on Friday, how the, how we thought that would work out. And I said, my man's going to be planted in front of a television planted. somewhere yep. uh-huh. watching that regardless. Uh-huh. So there you go. Uh, Eight o'clock hour, KB and Andy hanging out with you. Wake up call, 93.5107.5. The fan hanging out in the drivehubler.com studio. 317-239-1070 will continue to take your phone calls as well. Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, what are you looking at? You're looking at a month. You're looking at a grade three AC joint. Diana Russini, the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, are thrown out there. You're looking at about a month and then you look at the schedule. You would be a month and then you'd be Germany and then you'd be a bye. So uh, we could be looking obviously well into November. Post-Thanksgiving? Post, well... Yes. Yes. Tampa Bay would be the Sunday yeah. after Thanksgiving, and that would be again on the what five and a half week bye week right, right after right. that, which I think is not a it's us. not a crazy thing to start right. having that conversation. And again, throwing shoulder. I think we all knew that, but just to re- remind people that is where this injury occurred. Boy, I tell you, I love seeing the 49ers, what they did to Dallas. I'm looking at it right above you right now, Dak Prescott. Who who would have thought you needed him to throw a bunch and uh, they'd be interceptions anyway? So the Colts uh, obviously a big win, snapping all sorts of streaks, staying alive and doing the damn thing there in the AFC South. They get Jacksonville on Sunday. You know, I just wanted to throw your way as well. We have some Jonathan Taylor sound. Uh, Obviously, we played a lot on Friday, and then he met with the media after the win yesterday. And kind of, uh, Jonathan Taylor, when he speaks, KB, I just feel a smile. I feel the warmth of a smile. Now, we did get $42 million, and that could have been a part of it. Um, A few few things for me, okay? Because we didn't get to talk about this. Uh, This is our first time talking about, you know, after weeks and months of this lead up and everything it's like okay uh, it's mixed in with the injury and then the big win but I, I was especially locally I was interested in a few things number one that the word stunning or the word stunned was used. I think a lot of local people thought this was going to get ugly, right? Or uh, that the relationship between he and the franchise, you throw in the agent, that it was going to be something that wasn't going to be easily you know, brought back and put together. So I was interested in how many local people were very surprised on Saturday that this came down. Obviously, the question, how much was he going to play without the contract? We'll never know the answer to that. I was interested as well how silent uh, kind of this was, right? I mean, he spoke on Friday and then speaking of, was it, was it Thursday or Friday? It was Thursday. Uh, and then speaking of Thursday, I wonder 
how much JT knew how close they were when he went up there for that contract. Because he went up there on Thursday, KB, and he was, I mean, I know you were there. He was very much not wanting to bring up any of the negative side, any of the back and forth that had been going on for so many weeks and months. And it was always about health. And many people saw that as kind of cop-out answers. He's not really answering anything. He's just talking about his health. And then the thing to me that resonated the most is why from the cold side uh why if, if we are to believe things changed why did things change why did Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard but specifically Ursay go from we're not doing a contract right now hey guys we just won four games remember that five weeks ago when you know five six weeks ago when Chris Ballard said that what happened in Colts land Uh, If we are to believe something changed, why did it change? How did it change? Edger and James kind of involved, maybe mending some fences there. But what went on, and truly we'll probably never know, behind the scenes because the Colts had all the leverage, didn't have to pay him this year. It could have got ugly, and it would have been the Colts would have been in the right, and then they could franchise him or sweeten the pot next year as well. But they decide to give the deal. I guess what was your reaction? KB. Uh, a lot of people just thought it was a stunning thing to see on a Saturday while Andy Sweeney was laying mulch in his yard. Well, I think Jim Ursay even alluded to he was surprised. I mean, Ursay's comments on Saturday was this happened sooner than I would have liked it to happen. So, I mean, for the owner <laughs> he can't to help say himself, that. Can he? he can't no, help himself. He cannot help himself <laughs> at all. Bless him. And, I mean, in a way, and, and let me make, make this clear. I think Anthony Richardson wins. I think the Colts win. But Jonathan Taylor is the ultimate winner in in all of this in that he got a contract that I thought was very fair market value. Again, 3 for 39 was the numbers that that I was pegging out there, and this was 3 for 42. And Andy, let's not forget, the guy got paid all his money on the pup list. So he didn't take a single hit the first four weeks of the season and got paid. And now he continues to get paid, and the guarantee is, what, 26 and a half or whatever the number was officially on that. So um, it, it was a little bit surprising the timing of it. Of this, Was this something the Colts needed to watch him in two practices? And then he was good to go for the contract? Is this something that Taylor said, hey, if you really want me to play, I'll practice, but I'm not playing until you pay me. I mean, this was... You know, Malkikawa, for as childish as he acted throughout all this, he gets the last laugh with so much of yes, this. He, and yes, he does. He's been dancing on graves, certainly, on social media throughout the last 48, 72 hours there. So I was a little surprised by the timing of it. Again, I think the length of the contract, the type of money you handed him, all of that makes sense. You have the money. You don't have an abundance of skill Wait, talent. He's in his prime you still. You need to support yeah. your young quarterback for all of those reasons to me. The ability to front load some things when you're not paying other premium positions, big, big money. All of that made sense to me. So, again, a, a, a credit to all parties involved for finally getting there now to your point Andy why did it take this length of time did they need to see Richardson show them something in the first four weeks for them to feel good about it did they need to see Taylor healthy I tend to think this played out in such a again childish and public relationship type way that couldn't you have just gotten this done in late July and not had all of this drama and Anthony Richardson see all of it play out like it did that is a thought that I that that I have had, but at the end of the day, 
you have a very important skill player that directly impacts your young quarterback with this football team for the next three years. We'll see if Michael Pittman at some point joins him in that realm. I know it's not the exact same sort of case study as Taylor, but at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that matters. So credit to Chris Ballard, credit to Jim Irsay, certainly credit to the Taylor camp, as wild as that might sound, uh, but they have this deal done, and now we'll see you know, what this backfield looks like moving yeah, forward. Yeah, listen, I want to be clear. I, I'm happy that Jonathan Taylor, that this entire situation, did not go to the next step of ugliness, right? That he wasn't going to play unless he got a new contract, that you know, you would have started to talk about fines that you know on ESPN or the NFL network the lead would have been how bad the Colts are and then we go into the trade conversation and everything else and kind of rehash what we've been through I am surprised or not surprised I am interested in the Colts could have played hardball here and they didn't right they didn't and they talked like at one point they were going to play hardball well we're not going to give a contract in the midst of all the running backs not getting contracts in the midst of you've won four games so you can't say i mean listen i guess what everyone's trying to sell and i said this on friday when you were out is that you know whether it's ballard five weeks ago five six weeks ago or it was jonathan taylor yesterday or jonathan taylor on thursday the narrative that everyone has kind of locked arms with is he needed to get healthy right and, and because one of the main narratives was what that he, that it's a that it's a hold in that he's ready to go and the second he gets a contract extension he's ready to go play some football i mean now in the end he did sign a contract on saturday and he went out there and he played football on sunday but the the Colts had, I don't know, I feel like the Colts put up this, hey, we're, you're going to do this our way. If yeah, you get the traded. The four games yeah, yeah, the four games. If, if you know, we need to win some games, we're going to do this our way with the running back position being what it, you know, what it, what it has been. You're going to do this our way. We have, you know, we can pay you this season. You sign that contract. It's been collectively bargained. And then on top of it, you know, next year, what Josh Jacobs and say, Quan Barkley have went through that we can go ahead and tag you next year or and or we can give you a one-year deal and sweeten the pot and you can make some more money but it was going to be drama later on this season and no doubt off season all of those things were kind of things that were thrown out there and they talked big and in the end they did not hold up to it and listen I, again I'm fine with it because in the end Colts fans are winners in the end if Anthony Richardson were healthy he would be a winner Gardner Minshew sure as hell uh, going to be the only guy who might not be a winner is Zach Moss getting 25 carries <laughs> he might get he might get less carries but uh, I, I'm just I am interested in how you know the Colts hardball and the Colts having the leverage they ultimately in the end they didn't use it unless you believe he was healthy and he kind of sat these four weeks unless you believe that and we're just never going to know the true truth on a lot of these things we're you know, just not one thing that I do like about the Taylor contract before we get back into the win yesterday and the Anthony Richardson injury situation is the length of the contract. Again, three years to $39 million was what I had in mind. And the three years, the reason that I mentioned that was after year three of Anthony Richardson's rookie contract, so that would be after the 2025 season, that is the first time you have to make another financial commitment to Richardson. At that point, once you get into that fourth offseason, you have to say, all right, 
we will pick up the fifth-year right. team option on Richardson, which is a significant is. jump in salary Chase, for that Chase fifth Young didn't have his picked up, neither year. did Daniel Jones. Specifically, those two were big headliners. And so that's where I looked at and thought, okay, how can you align Taylor's timeline with a little bit of Richardson, and then when you're about to pay Richardson more money and then start to think about the second contract with them, then JT's contract comes off the books, and now you can decide, all right, Taylor's the rare running back, in the twenty, what first century here now, and we'll give him more years, you know, something like that. Um, and that's what this contract has. Technically, Taylor is under contract through twenty twenty six now, but you can get out of this contract after twenty twenty five with a very small dead cap hit. And so that's where I look at it and think, job well done by the Colts on that end. Obviously, you have him con- under contract through the rest of the season and 2024, and 2025. So again, that aligns with Richardson's first three years. After 25, that's when you have to make the decision on Richardson for that fifth-year team option, whether you want to pick it up or not. In all likelihood, you would pick that up. So then as Richardson's contract starts to rise, that's when you look at Taylor and say, okay, uh, we're three years into this rookie QB thing. We feel like he needs this. We feel like he needs that. You can then start to alter. We're about to pay him. We're about to pay Bernard Ryman. We might be paying Quiddy Pay. You know, those things will start to be a little bit more on the front burner. And that's when, if you want to, you could get out of the Taylor deal after 2025. If things seem to be going well, Taylor continues to be a really important piece of the puzzle. You obviously have him under contract through 2026. So uh, that was another aspect to this that I like as well. Uh, two questions for you. Again, I'm just throwing them out there. We'll take some calls, 239-1070 here on The Fan. Is this the deal that Jonathan Taylor always wanted? Did he want a better deal than this? Nah, I, I this, don't know why or how he would think that he deserved more than this. I, I, listen, I would agree with you. That's because, again, just, he doesn't. This is the third highest ranked running back contract in the NFL. And this is the range I always felt like he would fall into, Andy, because Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey just impact the game at a different level as pass catchers. Those would be the two above him. He's higher than Henry. He's higher than Nick Chubb. This falls right in the window that I thought was most realistic. Uh, and then you have that. And then on. T- I guess on top of it, I mean, you could say health has changed, and that's always going to be the trump card, and it's always going to be you know kind of living in lore around here with the Colts and in Indianapolis. Why not offer this deal beforehand, right? That, that, and that's what you go that's back to. That's a very to. fair question. I, and, and we'll never know the answer. You've always had the money. The salary cap conversation has not changed. You always knew even someone like Shaq Leonard could be gone after this season. You knew that three months ago. You know it five weeks into the NFL season. Why not do this? Uh, you know, what was truly ever offered? And, you know, it's always been nothing was offered. Why not, uh, you know, make a deal that is smart? I don't know. Did Jonathan Taylor? come to his senses? Did he want more? Did they go out there and try to trade him? And I know we've had some fun with the Jalen Waddle and the Christian Watson uh, conversation, but I don't know. I mean, did Jonathan Taylor get out there and realize, hey, I'm I'm going to make more money here in Indianapolis maybe than other teams? And right now, if other teams are offering such little compensation, reality check is I'm not going to get traded, right? I mean, all of these things, like you, you wonder if Jonathan Taylor woke up uh, at some point or was it the Colts who woke up uh, at some point now post game Jonathan Taylor talked about his extension here's what he had to say 
it means a lot just to be able to know that I'm going to be here playing for the best fans in the world, playing with some of the best players in the world, and to just know that it's a family atmosphere here. Like I said from day one, after my first season, I always wanted to retire a cult. So to be able to take another step towards that, it's amazing. Says it with a smile, doesn't he? Yeah, Taylor has had some interesting press conferences (laughs) here in the last 72 hours, to say the least. Again, the latest on Anthony Richardson, for those that have missed it here on this Monday morning, a lot of you probably just getting your day started here, just climbing into the car. Uh, Some of the national reports have indicated a grade three AC sprain for Richardson on that right throwing shoulder, um, and he will miss about four to six weeks is kind of the early timetable. Again, nothing from the Colts yet, nothing official from the team. Shane Steichen is scheduled to meet the media for his normal Monday press conference on a conference call coming up at 2.30. So we'll certainly keep you updated as the day moves along. Uh, But Andy, for those just getting their day started here, or their week started, that is the latest on Anthony Richardson, who was in obvious, obvious pain when he went down on that hit. Harold Landry is who hit him on that play and hit him on the left shoulder. Mm -hmm. He falls on the turf on the right shoulder, obviously exited the game, and uh, that would mean that uh, he has finished just one of the five potential games he uh, has been, could have played, I should say, here in his rookie campaign. Uh, my main question for you is, and then we're going to get to Sam's phone call, two three nine ten seventy. My main question for you this morning, and I don't know if you need time to think about it, KB, is... Now what, and I'm and I'm using you as an example, okay? I, I want to be clear. Now what for the season's narrative? Because everything, like, we debated on I, this show. I don't love that. Well, yeah, we debated on this show where I'm like, hey, you can win some games here. And that, I didn't feel like that was resonating because everything, and I and I totally get it. Like, what's better? You, you go win eight games this season and you draft 16th um, and you don't get a high draft pick. Like, and, and, you know, and I was always like, well, you're winning games and these guys want to win games. And if you, you play that well... Or you win eight nine games, that means Anthony Richardson is a huge part of that. And there's your answer. You have you have figured out, hey, all of this Anthony Richardson stuff, and you've been able to win games. Now the reality is, you're just not going to figure out everything about Anthony Richardson. You thought you were going to. Now the season's not about Anthony Richardson anymore, is it? I, and now it's and truly in the end, you they're not going to win enough games, right? To to. Not, you know, you make the playoffs, you go get beat by Kansas City, right? Like, we've had this conversation. So now what's the narrative around the season when it might be until after Thanksgiving until you see Richardson play again? Yeah, and that's it, not crazy. It's just a massive, massive bummer. I mean, you want, to me, you want to get clarity on your quarterback as early as you can. And I know that it doesn't work that way. Obviously, there are quarterbacks that develop very, very differently from other quarterbacks, but you want to try and get as clear of a picture, clear of a reading on your young QB as early as possible. So A, you know what you have in him. B, you know if you need to make a move at that position that might be drastic, but hey, okay, after two years, we got to bail. And then C, what do you need to add around him to try and get him to reach even a higher, higher level? 
Andy, there is an element of a Gardner Minshew plays over 50% of the Colts snaps this season. They win seven to eight games mm-hmm. and draft 15th overall. There is an element of me that looks at that and thinks that is absolutely disastrous. Oh, I think there's a huge percentage of you that's frustrated or disappointed by that. Yeah, for, for I, what that's the how goal I feel. should be. I, I right. brought, and I know it's not the exact same analogy. But I brought this up before, and this is, I guess, after, what, injury number two for Richardson, injury number three for Richardson. Now the list is growing and growing. You don't want to be the Jets from last year. The Jets won seven games. They never want to be the Jets, but understand. I understand what you're saying. Jets were seven and four at the start of December last year, and yet they got the answer on Zach Wilson that was in a negative light. And I know with Richardson, it's not that. I think the early signs with Richardson is like, hey, this kid could be pretty good. Well, like, that's that's I what mean, makes it, that's what that's what makes it sting. That's what stings yeah. even more because yeah. yesterday he's nine of twelve. The ball to Josh Downs on the third and sixteen was absolutely perfect on the money. You were again seeing a nice start to the game for him. All of those signs are, have been positive, but now it's almost even a bigger question. It, it, it would, I would almost feel better. I think Colts fans would should almost feel better, Andy. If Anthony Richardson had been available through all these first five games, had shown some signs, maybe not as many as he's shown, but he's been healthy. The fact that we're talking about injury questions five games into his NFL career is more damning because, you know, whether you want to look at Andrew Luck, because he is the guy in this market that we watched and health derailed his career. Andy, it took 51 games into Andrew Luck's career for the first injury to occur. 51 games. We are five games into Anthony Richardson's career, and we're talking about a fourth different injury. It's something you can't control. Like, if Anthony Richardson were having an issue, um, you know, he's a guy that played so very little in college, right? Right. And you could say, well, you know, it's going to take some time. I mean, even the great ones, like uh, Jordan Love, right, Mark? Even the great ones have what? to sit for... Yeah, that argument just went out the window. <laughs> hey, by the way... Is that a precursor to Monday Night Football By the way, tonight? Mark was happy on Friday as Bears won, and I'm like... I, I are told you, Mark you all did, week long, I like the did. Bears! But I'm like, mm. are you really happy and you're ruining your draft stock? I mean, just, just to get a win uh, on the Panthers, you know, the Panthers pick. The Panthers stink. <laughs> no, dude, the Panthers, they're not winning the game. Frank Reich, is is Sirianni going to look at the Colts crowd now about Frank Reich and go, scold everybody? <laughs> go back to what you're saying, because this is right. I think this is spot on what you're saying here. You basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying that if there was poor or inconsistent play early on, you could chalk that up to experience, he just needs more of it, some development what, what, he needs. What, and Steichen, you can fine-tune those things. Yeah, can you correct you, no, health? You, I don't, you can can't. you correct poor health? You can't. You, know, you can't. I mean, that's what players, I mean, that's what I got like Odell Beckham was out for two weeks, came back in Baltimore in their game and left again. Like his career, you can't control, I mean, the things you could control in his career when he fought the kicking net and we did a bunch of bonehead things, but now that he got injured, you can't control that. And that's how I feel. I mean, if you said, if we sat here week five and there was some good and bad with Anthony Richardson. Hell, maybe even the Colts were playing two quarterbacks and Minshew was getting the start and he was playing 75%, but you had different packages that you could use for Anthony Richardson and those sorts of things grew each and every week. Um, you say, well, you know, he had, he had five snaps in week one and we got all the way to week five and he was playing, you know, 15 snaps or whatever it may be. You could say, well, I believe in Shane Steichen and the offensive coaching staff that they would develop this guy and, you know, it's not a red shirt. 
redshirt year, he's still going to get his feet wet. Maybe you get to latter parts of the year and you're not winning games and you or Minshew gets injured, which obviously could happen. And Anthony Richardson's playing more and he's getting starts and you're bringing him along that way. It would be a we understand because he played so very little in college. But here there's nothing you can control. I think Shane Steichen has pulled back the reins a little bit on how much he's going to run Anthony Richardson. I don't know if Steichen has pulled back as much because I, I think back to last week with the Rams. I mean, three design plays in the first eight eight plays of the game. I think Richardson has made a few, and, and I don't want this to sound like I'm ripping Richardson at all. I think it's smart. He's made a few business moves like in the middle of the field, which, again, I am totally fine with slide as much as you feel necessary. But to me, it's just... It, you know, is he made of glass? Is this is this just who he is? Like these these are some questions, Andy. I ask myself, and I think it's outrageous. I'm even saying it, but then I'm like, wait, is it really? It's not outrageous. Not, not in five find weeks. me other quarterback no. comparisons you can point to of a guy that you draft him for overall because you want him to do things with his legs. That is without question. Okay, so you want to dive down that path, but find me guys that have suffered four different injuries. For very separate body parts. Again, not like you're straining this muscle and it's leading to this injury in another part. And we still have yet to see general wear and tear of the pocket. Or I would say, Andy, we have yet to see more flukish guy rolling up on him in the pocket. Stuff that just naturally happens when you play that position. Yesterday was nondescript, man. Yesterday was a nothing burger I didn't even until think he went the hit down. From Landry was no. that like it, big or malicious? Not Obviously at all. He fell on the shoulder there. We should note one thing: Sam's been hanging on for 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 quite a while. So I want to get to Sam. Uh, Anthony Richardson did miss the end of his high school career. I, you know, okay, are we really going back to high school here? I mean, it was what three years ago, four years ago, with a right shoulder injury. So this is something that's happened before. Actually, I've seen a highlight. It, it's a very similar hit to what you saw. Uh, in uh, in Sunday's win over the Titans. All right, Sam has been hanging on for quite a while. Sam, thanks for uh, uh, holding on with us. Hey, guys, great win. I'm sitting here with the guys at work right now talking about what, what do you say about AR. But uh, honestly, first off, huge win for the Colts. Three for 42 for a 24-year-old JT is a huge win for us throughout his prime. Um, my question about, hey, you know, this offense – this team needs to change the culture with Dyson. Minshew gives us the, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. He gives us the best chance this year, but that's a huge loss for the organization. Now, when we were down there in Florida, did AR get hurt every third play at, at Florida? I mean, it's, if I'm Ballard right now, I, I'm sitting here, I'm about to call Goggins to come ask him to live with AR for a year. <laughs> we got to get this guy. I don't know what, what we got to do, but I mean, four injuries in four games? Yeah, they, I've never seen that. I don't feel like there's anything you can do. Yeah, That's my Sam, biggest problem, Sam. Sam, thank you for that call. The answer is no. He did not get hurt that often at Florida. Again, it was just one season of playing. He actually got hurt a little bit more in kind of the spot duty stuff that he had early in his career at Florida. There was a meniscus injury. Um, he did suffer a concussion at Florida. And then, like I said, the the high school injury there. Um, and, and yeah, Andy, I think you have hit on that point. I think it's a good one to make of it's hard to control this. Because if you all of a sudden say, Anthony Richardson, 
you can run three times a game. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, please. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. you don't draft him four overall. No, you take C.J. Stroud or you take Bryce Young. I mean, obviously those guys were taken, but you're taking Aiden O'Connell. You're waiting until whatever round yeah, later. It's just, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not at the same time. His no. value is not the same it, sort of player. Now, I do think I have seen some signs of him as a thrower that I'm like, maybe he could be more of a thrower I agree. in the NFL. But still, you are a long ways away from getting there, and that's where any sort of missed time. If it is a month, if it is a month plus, that's where it's just a bummer. This guy needs reps like none, none other. Uh, quickly, here's Steichen on helping AR through all of the emotional ups and downs of being injured and everything else. When something happens like that, obviously you hurt a shoulder today. Um, you know, you got you got to fight through those things, and that's that's part of this league. Uh, you got to have you know the conversations that'll build you as a stronger. You know, sometimes in life with any type of deal, you get nicked up. Like, why does this happen to me? You know what I mean? You got to you got to think about the positive. Uh, I think that obviously something good's going to come out of it in the end. All right, Andy, let's uh, go to a morning checkdown before we get back. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. All right, let's lead off the morning checkdown with more of the win from yesterday. Not the Richardson storyline, <laughs> not the Taylor storyline. Again, I thought the Colts out bullied Tennessee a little bit of their own medicine. So the seven game home losing streak is over. The five game. Uh, Losing streak to the Titans is also over. Zach Moss, outstanding. Certainly he had the career-long touchdown run. But even if you take that out, he still was over five yards per carry. Great game from Josh Downs. Andy, I thought in a variety of ways, Downs impacted the game. We mentioned the deep ball that he caught from Richardson. I thought he made some plays after the catch as well. And just timely defense. It wasn't perfect. I thought they did a great job on Derrick Henry. It wasn't perfect. Hopkins was running free, I thought, way too often. The pass rush a little bit quieter in the second half. But when Tennessee got into the red zone, your defense stood tall and no bigger than that fourth and one stop by Zaire Franklin there with about uh, nine, ten minutes ago. Should mention Buckner was huge on that play as well. Yeah, yeah, Buckner coming back was big. Just quickly in the AFC South, Jags winners over the Bills 25-20. Texans fall. Last second field goal. Falcons win 21-19. Desmond Ritter 5-0 at home in Atlanta. <laughs> Whatever. Is he really? T- take that for going back to last season and this season. 5-0. Quickly, college football. Uh, Indiana off. Purdue losers 20-14 to against Iowa. You know what Purdue in Iowa is at 20-14? Yuck football. I don't need to tell you. It's just, it's yuck football. So what football. would Notre Dame be then in uh, Louisville Vomit-worthy football. Did you see yeah. Jack Harlow was on the field? I Donovan Mitchell uh-huh. was there. Uh, Notre yeah. Dame falls 33-30. I saw and the woman in the, in, the, in the other end zone there. <laughs> you know, women. He's not just no, with plural. one. Okay. How dare you? How dare you slight my man Whoa. Rick Petito like that? How is Notre Dame favored against USC on Saturday? Uh, USC can't tackle. They escape 43-41, three overtimes to beat Arizona, but they literally cannot tackle. And then I, I thought the first quarter, quarter and a half of Oklahoma, Texas, uh, I don't know if you, you got to see much yeah, of it. Yeah, I like, actually did. Like, literally everything that could happen in a football game happened in that first half. That everything. rivalry lives up to it. Oh, every, I feel like on a very every single time annual basis, and now I guess we could be looking at a member of that rivalry in Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Now back in those backup duties. All right, Major League Baseball again, divisional series. We've got the Rangers up 2-0. They go to Camden, win both of those games on the road. Series now shifts to Dallas. Uh, Astros and Twins, that is knotted up at one. And in the NL, how about both of the 
um, road teams getting the game one victories. Kershaw gets absolutely rocked in that one. So we've got game twos tonight in the NL 607. Again, the Phillies up 1 0 at Atlanta. Arizona is up 1 0 against the Dodgers. These are just best of fives, right? Yes, yes, because everyone's complaining what? the Phillies and Braves isn't a best of seven. They're, you know, whining about that. Like you can do anything about it. It's the way, it's the, way the team's finished. The Phillies need to win more games. Uh, last one. This should, by the way, this should be ruled out. The players they need to come to a collective bargaining agreement that you don't have to play overtime games. <laughs> Do the Elam ending or something in exactly. these preseason games. Am play, I wrong? Play knockout for all. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, Grizzlies over the Pacers, one twenty-seven, one twenty-two. So there you go. Like literally, play the Elam ending. In preseason games. Works for me. Why are they playing overtime games? Jairus Walker, four-point plays to try and decide yeah. overtime. Jalen Smith with a big take there late. So Pacers back in action tomorrow night. That'll be game two of four here on the preseason slate. All right, we'll continue to take your calls, your thoughts there. 317-239-1070, at KBowen1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney on Twitter as well. A ton to react to from the Colts as they move to 3-2 and two on the year. They beat the Titans yesterday, 23-16 at home. Thank you for tuning in. It is a crispy fall morning here in Indianapolis. 93.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 107.5 The Fan. All right, hanging on the drivehubler.com studios. Reaction Monday on The Fan. We got you until 10. Query and company at noon. JMV, he takes you over at 3 o'clock. Obviously, we'll continue to monitor any official word from the Colts on Anthony Richardson. The initial diagnosis, a grade 3 AC joint sprain to that right-throwing shoulder. Uh, Diana Russini, Ian Rappaport, Schefter, everyone reporting. Basically, the Colts are bracing for four to six weeks of time missed by Anthony Richardson. Uh, That's something we've been talking quite a bit about. The win yesterday need not be forgotten. The Colts bullying around Mike Vrabel and company is a huge deal. And then, I mean, any other day, KB, the the damn uh, JT contract extension would be on the burner. We talked three hours about that as well. I want to ask you just, what do you think uh, Shane Sykin thinks? I mean, you take over the job, you get Anthony Richardson, you bring Minshew. I mean, first you got to be feeling, well, good thing I brought Minshew with me. I mean, that would be number right. one. But kind of, you know, I mean, there's going to be a great chance here, probability or a possibility that, you know, maybe about three-fourths of the season, all the things that he wanted to kind of do and accomplish, they're just not going to quite look like the team that he thought they were going to be. Yeah, you talk about a wave of emotions for Shane Steichen because, I mean, to be 3-2 and two at this point, you got a big-time divisional game coming up on Sunday. Sunday in Jacksonville, like all of that, you, you, you absolutely love. But certainly, the highs and lows of the Richardson situation, or the yeah, I guess Richardson and Taylor situation, both of those kind of speak for themselves. But yes, important to end the streaks yesterday. That would be the seven-game home losing streak, the five-game losing streak with the Titans. And as Andy said, you did it in kind of bully fashion, winning up front. All right, let's get to a few calls. I know Paul has been hanging in there for a bit. Good morning, Paul. What's up, Paul? What's up, fellas? How you doing? We are good on this Monday morning. I know your energy level is always <laughs> tremendous, so thank you for the call. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, great win yesterday. Uh, the defense actually helped us out and pulled it out for us, uh, which I was I was thankful for. But our DBs have got to learn to take away a team's best receiver because that's getting out of hand where all these number one receivers are tearing our defensive backs up. Um, and then another thing, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you remember, last year after Tennessee beat us at home, the guy from Tennessee called and said, hey, I always make plans to come to the Tennessee game because we can always count on beating the Colts <laughs> at Indy. So I'm wondering if he came and if he's listening, I'm wondering how that drive home is tasting right about now. It's a long drive. I forgot about that it's one. It's a good four-and-a-half-hour drive right there up to Nashville. Yeah, I didn't forget about that, Kev. Uh, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> And I was talking about that as we were playing yesterday. I said, I hope we win so I can call and 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 give it back to that guy how he gave it to us last year. I saw Vince Young jersey yesterday. Wow. And, well, and I got thinking, appreciate the phone call uh the phone the phone call, the phone call, Paul, two three nine ten seventy. You know, with the Tennessee Titans, every other jersey that I saw there was the number 22, Derrick Henry. The Titans are a team that I don't think I want anyone else's jersey on that team but Derrick Henry. Titans are so boring. They really are. And yes, I mean, listen, Hopkins Hopkins had a very nice game, and he made a couple plays that probably, not probably, that the normal wide receiver doesn't make. And I understand what Paul's talking about. You know, Nakua is still running, you know, open somewhere in the Colts' backfield. Still, by the way, he and Cooper Cup combined for like 200 yards and a touchdown yesterday, <laughs> like 18, like, like something like 17 catches. So those two are going to be pretty good. I, I would agree with that. I just, the Titans just didn't have the weapons to beat the Colts elsewhere. So that might be more of a Titans thing than a Colts thing. I understand what he's talking about, but do, but New Hopkins is different, right? Yeah, I mean, he's different. I, I think the broader point of what Puka Nakua, you go back to Calvin Ridley week one, you go to Nico Collins week, week two. Yeah, I think if there is a defensive trend that you are a little bit unhappy with, I think overall that unit has played uh, pretty good football. But if there is a trend that you don't love seeing so far through the first five games, the opposing number one wideout, has been good. I would say above right. and beyond even normal expectations within that game. And obviously, if you look to Sunday, and boy, how great was that Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley throw from yesterday to ice that game? You're going to see Ridley. And sure, is there an element of two rookie corners are are out there, and you're going to have highs and lows with Juju Brents and Jalen Jones? That certainly is part of it. But man, it, Sunday is just. I mean, that is a huge, huge game. When you talk about 3-2 and two in the division, you've already lost the first game at home to Jacksonville. Obviously, you haven't won down there. It's another long streak, Andy. You haven't won down there since 2014, which is just kind of crazy to think based off some of those Jacksonville teams. Hell, Minshew has been the starter for Jacksonville in, in some of those wins over Indianapolis. And I'm curious how the Jags respond to back-to-back games in London. You know, it... it does I that thought it helped, help out I thought, the Colts I, I at all? I thought it helped them yesterday. That they played over there the yeah, week prior in Buffalo. I, had to I do. Over. If, you, if you put those two teams on a field any any given Sunday, I, I mean, I feel like I would take Buffalo seven, seven and a half times to win that game. Buffalo's beat up. They lose Milano. Uh, they lost their best corner. Uh, what, White? Yeah, they lost Davis him White, last yeah. week. I mean, they are absolutely beat up. I, I think, like, Buffalo, to me, I like them. And, you know, I love Josh Allen Diggs 
is a beast. Maybe that running game's picking it up. But to me, they're not going to be able to win the Super Bowl just simply because of injuries. It's just you can't lose number one corners, top linebackers in the NFL uh, and keep it going. Uh, 239 Uh Let's go to Greg up next here on the Fan on a Reaction Monday. Greg, fire away. What's up, guys? How you doing this morning? What's up? Oh, doing well. Hey, I'm down here in your uh, your old neck of the woods, Andy, down here in New Albany, Indiana. Oh, be be careful. Uh, the uh, Cardinal Stadium's still on fire oh, after God. they uh, have to go there. blew Notre Dame out, embarrassed the Fighting well, Irish. That's fine because uh, the whole UBEL program is a dumpster fire anyway, so <laughs> well. that's no problem with me. I'm a I'm a I'm a UK fan, so I have well, to love. By the way, by the way, Mark by the way, Mark Stoops embarrassed himself on Saturday too. Ugh. Oh Jesus, Ugh. that was horrible. That was horrible. All right, what, what do you have for us on Richardson? Go ahead. Well, um, thing was that you guys you should beat the dead horses, Richardson man. Um, you know, we talked about it all morning. We haven't talked about what breaks breaks Blake Freeland, how well he played. You didn't even realize that, you know, Bernard Ryman wasn't in there. Uh, Will Fries, you, he's really starting to develop into a hell of a right guard. Um, you've got this defense that's played pretty well, but then, you know, Bradley still refuses to bring any pressure and just lets quarterbacks just sit there and just tear us apart. Uh, there's a lot more things we can talk about than Richardson. We understand that, you know, he's hurt, but come on. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. We can't change it. Um, his, his style of play is never going to change. And so, I mean, they're freak injuries. The concussion was a freak injury on, on a borderline kind of a dirty play. Um, and then the hit yesterday was just, it was just a freak injury. Greg, thank you for the call. Um, I think if, you know, if you listen to the entire podcast, you'll certainly hear a lot of other Richardson stuff. We did mention Blake Freeland, the offensive line earlier. I do think that group needs to be singled out again. So I do appreciate um, Greg for bringing that up there. Um to me, Andy, how do you just totally ignore? And this is the battle that you have exiting the game yesterday. You and I texted about it last night. Hey, how do we rank these three topics from the Taylor contract to the Richardson injury to the game? And I said to you, I think in the immediate aftermath of the win, we've got to make sure that we acknowledge that. And I think we have in some way, shape, or form in each of the segments today. But I think we all can agree that at the start of the season, if you would have said, what matters more, a Week 5 divisional win over the Titans or Anthony Richardson's availability, development, and reps throughout the course of his 2023 season, you would go with Richardson. So, you know, maybe we haven't done a a, a great enough job of it today. Um, I think we've tried to give the proper attention to the game, and we can continue to go down that path as well. But as we get the new Richardson news that develops through the course of this morning... um, I think we also need to make sure that we put in proper context the rookie quarterback, his injury situation, how much time he can miss. No, don't give in to Greg. KB, don't give in don't give in to Greg here. No. People people listen to sports radio for what, 15, 20 minutes at a time? And the number one thing today in Indianapolis, or if you're listening in southern Indiana, if you're listening in Chicago, uh, no matter where you're northern Indiana is Anthony Richardson being out potentially four to six weeks and not seeing him until after Thanksgiving. You don't want that- Gar- 
yard talk. That's that's the number one story. Now listen, he's he's right in the respect of there are other things, and we'll get to those things. Yeah, it's called Tuesday, but on a but on a reaction Monday, Anthony Richardson, the franchise quarterback, being so injured that he's not finishing any of these games, and now is going to miss a month plus with a throwing shoulder injury is absolutely number one. Now if you want if you want in my opinion the thing that is being forgotten today and even though we've talked about it is the saga around Jonathan Taylor ending. That's the thing that normally would be the leader in the clubhouse, would it not? That we would talk about I mean if this happened on a Wednesday, we talk all three hours yeah, I, about Jonathan again, Taylor. I, I don't want to lose sight of the victory though, Andy, because Colts fans have walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium seven straight times as losers. I mean, you got to go back a full year. And, I saw and, Matt and, and Ryan that, jersey yesterday, too, by the way. Speaking of losers, I saw a woman wearing a Matt Ryan jersey. And, like, and, and, like, that's disappointing. That's disheartening. If there is a current rival, it is probably Tennessee. So, again, I, I it's a big deal. The they first won segment yesterday. of the show, I'm like, okay, here I am, you know, saying, okay, you out bullied the team that's bullied you. You finally won a home game in seven in a row. You finally beat the Titans in five in a row. Like, I listed all that first, but then I said to you, Andy, and our listeners, but I also have this sour taste because now if this Richardson report is accurate, Andy, we're going to get to week 12 of the season, and he will have missed 75% KB, of the action. Every, fa- every fan agrees with you, that, every single one of them. That is such a bummer to what is the prevailing storyline here in this season. And I think you can splice all of it out. You can have excitement about the win. You can be pleased with what Josh Downs showed. And Blake Freeland's second start much better than his first start. The defense timely plays. Zaire Franklin continues to show up for this team week in and week out. All of that, I think, deserves mention, but some topics are just standing above the other ones. And in this case with Richardson... If this injury, unlike the previous three, we're now looking at something that could be a month, maybe even more. So I think that is different than just whatever happened in week one, whatever happened with the concussion in week two, those sorts of items. I know we're up against it a little bit, so let's take a quick break. We'll continue to take your calls. We will hand out our fan tweets of the game coming up at the 9 o'clock hour. Our GOATs, that would be both ways here in week five. And we're going to have to talk about the GOATs. And bad from the weekend here. We'll do that coming up in a bit as well. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Uh, just quickly, we were talking about this during the break. I, I guess I'll give an update. Josina Anderson uh, reporting this about eight minutes ago. The initial diagnosis is that AC joint sprain is what we've been talking about, but his current plan is to seek three opinions to help ensure a proper diagnosis and recovery plan that could potentially include surgery. That's per a source. Again, this is Josina Anderson. She continues, while there is vertical displacement of the clavicle in an AC joint injury. One key thing to evaluate for recovery method is whether the dislocation has horizontal instability or not. That assessment helps determine the grade of the injury. So, I mean, just that's the first surgery, the S word that we've kind of heard this morning, is it not? If that is an SOS out to Will Carroll to get some explanation on everything, I don't know what is. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get out to uh, Will, hopefully have him on the show tomorrow. I was curious about that aspect to it. You know, I think with some of these quarterback injuries, you know, Derek Carr, for example, wasn't that an AC joint? That he suffered last week? Yes. And then he came back and didn't miss any time. So I think there's a variety of it. Again, grade three and that sort of thing. Do you need surgery? Just looking at Richardson, Andy, 
boy, it looked bad. I mean, just watching him, the amount of pain he was in. This is the second type of injury he suffered to the throwing shoulder. Again, you go back to the end of his high school career. I don't know if that matters to it. So um, I, I just think these are all factors considering the body part of the injury that matters as well. So right now, Gardner Minshew, Sam Ellinger, you would think would be the QB duo moving forward, depending on how much time he's going to miss. We'll see if the Colts add another quarterback to their practice squad this week at all. Yeah, and I want to get into as we go. This is probably more as we go this week. In fact, I know it is. Again, the big win, the injury, all the kind of national people uh, reporting things. I I think for me... You know, Gardner Minshew has been a great story when, uh, and you know, this was not the case in Baltimore, but Gardner Minshew has been the story as a backup coming in, which has happened now twice in the second quarter of these games. Once we go week by week by week and people get to really kind of zone in that, hey, this is going to be Gardner Minshew, it's not going to be Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew, how does that change? Yeah, I I do want to make sure that we commend Minshew for when he has entered the game, you have gotten what you thought you were going to get. And that doesn't happen with backup quarterbacks. I mean, I I know this is kind of a low-hanging fruit, but I go back to when Carson Wentz got hurt a few years ago at the end of the Rams game. Jacob Eason walks in there and throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey. You know, it's... Stay away from the negatives. Don't make the bad plays worse. And sure, it hasn't been perfect with Minshew. Obviously, Baltimore, Matt Gay was massive in winning that game. It's not like you move the ball up and down the field. But Andy, how about yesterday? You had three real drives in the second half. All three scoring drives. Yeah, Just a, a, a nice, methodical 11-14 of 14 as a passer. It's not super down the field. It's not a whole lot. But it keeps things moving in a positive direction. Not crazy explosive by any means, but it keeps things moving forward. And there's not a lot of backups you can say that about. And I thought the post-game locker room celebration said a lot about you know who Menchu is. Um, he obviously has been through a lot in this season. And, okay, I think I might have a chance to start. Then all of a sudden, you know, a week or two into the preseason, nothing that he really did wrong. They said, nope, we're going to go with Richardson. And how he's handled this relief duty, um, I think he should be commended for. All right, 9 o'clock hour. We'll continue to take your calls, give more of our overall thoughts of what happened yesterday, and hand out our fan tweets of the game and our goats of the weekend as well. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5. The Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, that's how it sounded. Some great stuff from Maytang Company there. KB and Andy hanging out with you. The wake-up call. 
here on the fan drive hubler.com studios will continue taking your calls 239 1070 a reaction monday a victorious monday colts winners on sunday over the tennessee titans uh, breaking all sorts of streaks and hell they just needed to win and they got it the anthony richardson injury the jonathan taylor contract kb it has been a busy monday morning usually one of these stories would carry us three hours and we have all three converging on us on this monday yeah and again i i think just exiting lucas oil beating the team that's bullied you like that uh needs to be celebrated in the immediate aftermath of the game obviously there are some massive topics around that that we've hit on today but um there is an element andy where the colts are just now another afc south team and since the divisions were realigned in 02 in the creation of the AFC South, the Colts absolutely dominated. Throw out the word bully. They were the big brother in the division, unquestionably. Whether it was Peyton Manning or even Andrew Luck, you know, when they had won 16 straight in the AFC South. And that has not been the case as of late. And you haven't protected home field. I mean, seven straight home losses, the most in the history of Lucas Oil Stadium, the second longest streak in the history of the Indianapolis Colts. It's a 40-year history. Like, that can't be ignored. So the fact that you said, all right, enough of not being a presence at home, enough of not being a bully within the division, beat the Titans at the game that the Titans have often beat you at. That, to me, is something that, again, deserves to be celebrated. Shane Steichen should be commended for that. Uh, that sequence right there that you just heard, and Mark Dykton, great work as usual on that uh, kind of post-game mashup. The sequence of Zaire Franklin and DeForest Buckner, I think, deserves a lot of credit for that fourth and one stop as well. Andy, if you don't get that stop, the Titans probably punch that in and go up 23-20. Or, excuse me, at the time, I think it was... Was it 2016? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, it yeah. would have been 23-20. So, yeah. so yes. they would have been up 23-20. And now you all of a sudden are saying to Gardner Minshew, hey, man, you got to lead to drive down three with six minutes going yeah, to go Yeah, to go tie or win the game. You know, right? And that's just a different level of pressure we haven't seen from Minshew yet here this season. And the fact that you get that stop and then you, resp- you respond to that stop by going 14 plays... 84 yards, seven-minute drive. I mean, that was just a methodical, clock-eating. You dream of those drives when you have the lead. Critical third downs. You were aided by a big Tennessee penalty as well. Um, That is kind of a tone-defining moment that, again, they've done to you. You haven't done to them. So on this Monday morning, Fans, I think, should be joyous about that because, frankly, they haven't walked out of Lucas Oil Stadium feeling that in quite some time. Uh, yes, there was one woman wearing a Matt Ryan jersey. I was worried about her. She was uh, seemingly intoxicated but having a good time leaving Lucas Oil. But I, I did look at her husband or boyfriend. I thought, what are you doing? Do you not care about your significant other? Do you not care that she was wearing a Matt Ryan jersey? <laughs> it's kind of hard to change that jersey, yeah, too. It, re- it really is. Uh, 239-1070. KB's exactly right. And, and you know, For me, this is... You know, I don't want to say it's a coaching staff win, but here's what I think about Shane Steichen in a win like yesterday. I I said it was kind of like a staying power win that even when AR goes out of the game, them winning this type of game shows me... 
And, you know, and listen, injuries can pile up and things can change as you go in an NFL season. But the, the Colts are going to win games this year, and they're going to make and they're going to be teams that think they're better than the Colts, and they're going to they're going to win games and be in games and give team fits. And I just think that's what the Colts are going to be. And you know, if they if they would have turned around and got bullied by Tennessee, it would have been two straight losses at Lucas Oil. It would have been a disappointing overtime loss and then it would have been, okay, yeah, we're losing our quarterback for a month, month and a half maybe, and then on top of it we're also losing to Mike Vrabel who basically has like two players that you care about. And and I'm with you. The offensive line, you know, we had a caller say, why aren't you guys talking, you know, last hour, why aren't you guys talking more about the offensive line and about Zach Moss and about all these different things? And, And while... Listen, the biggest stories are still the Richardson injury. It's still a huge story that Jonathan Taylor is going to be an Indianapolis Colt for the next couple of years and a good deal by the Colts and a good deal for Jonathan Taylor. The reality here is we didn't open the show saying, damn, that offensive line stunk it up. We didn't say, wow, the, uh, what did we say, Autry? I mean, didn't we talk about how he was going to yeah, have... very, very I mean, quiet. He, he had two tackles and one quarterback hit the entire game. And I never thought whether it was Richardson or Gardner Minshew that the quarterback was consistently picking himself off the ground. And then on top of it, being able to run the football. And Zach Moss has been, and I know he missed game one. And you saw how truly bad Deion Jackson was, that he straight up got cut because of how bad he was week one. I mean, if you made me choose an MVP of this team, Zach Moss would be the would potentially be the MVP. I know you could go to Minshew and you could go to the way the defensive line has played and and there would be other guys you could go to uh, but for me Moss has been so has, has been so strong there I, I just think it was a stain power type win for the Indianapolis Colts and you know you could have left Lucas Oil yesterday with another loss to the Titans with over a year winning in Lucas Oil going on the road to Jacksonville who just got a big win over Buffalo and your starting quarterback being and maybe not severely injured but an injury that's going to take some time to come back from uh, and they didn't do any of it I, I just outside of probably the overtime in the first half of the Rams game and you could say maybe even parts of Jacksonville week one I feel like Steichen and this staff They've got just about everything out of the talent that they've had. I mean, they've had to put backup offensive linemen in there. It, it, look at yesterday, right? I mean, yeah. look, Freeland, they, much, they, much better. They, yeah. I mean, they, they've had to go to backup running backs the first essentially five weeks of the season, and they've been able to live through Zach Moss when they've had Anthony Richardson. When they have not had Anthony Richardson, they've been able to deal with that. Uh, again, outside of the Rams game, you know, the defensive line, uh, Zaire Franklin, the front seven has been solid. I, I just, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the season, but through five weeks, weeks and it could change. I feel like Steichen and company have got everything that they could ask for out of the level of talent and the level of youth that they have on this team. Yeah, and I want to mention a name that, you know, is probably not on the radar, but Tony Sprano Jr., the new offensive line coach, Andy, I mean, that was really the only significant thing the Colts did this offseason with their O-line. You know, Blake Freeland was a fourth round pick and, you know, isn't a starter. Um, and I feel like the O-line to me, there's been some moments this year. It's not all the way there, but there's been some moments where I'm thinking, okay, they could be getting back to 
that upper echelon group that was certainly there at times 2018, I'd say argue even a little bit 2021 as Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing that season. And, you know, that was such the root of so many issues for this team last year was poor offensive line play. And I do think the variety of quarterbacks, whether it's Minshew being decisive or Richardson's ability uh, to extend a little bit, those, you know, that certainly helps when you have that at quarterback as well. Um, I do want to signal out Moss and Josh Downs for a second. You know, I think of the start of the year, Andy, who would step up at the skill group? You know, who would be taking the torch? You know, okay, you know, Jonathan Taylor coming back from the injury. Okay, that that question. Is Michael Pittman like a legit on question number one? Okay, that question. What does Alec Pierce look like in week two? And yet here you are in a week five win over your division rival, and it's a guy in Moss in a contract year, and it's a guy in Downs as a rookie. They did the heavy lifting for you yesterday. And if you remove the Moss touchdown run, which obviously is foolish to do, but so many times I feel like you hear coaches in a post-game press conference say, man, you know, we you know, thought the run defense played pretty well. They just gashed us for that one big one. Well, first off, the one big one does matter. But let's just play that game. All right, Zach Moss, take out his 50-whatever-it-was, 66-7-yard touchdown By the run. way, the Titans are susceptible to what you saw, and that's big plays. We had a Nashville but guest they, on. They Go- have been the number one-ranked run defense. Coming into yesterday. Oh, sure they are. No, I'm not taking anything away from what the Colts did. Uh, the Colts dominated up front. And that's what stands out to me, is if you take out the big Moss run, 22 for 109. The Titans haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 20 games. 22 for 109. That's five yards a pop, again, from him. And then you go to Downs, and he just looks like a seasoned veteran. He... Um, made a variety of different types of catches yesterday. He did some stuff after the catch as well. He was targeted six times. He had 97 yards. The third and 16, of course, was the big play from Richardson where he kind of went up and got that ball as well. I think the expectation with Moss, Andy, was always there, You know that, that, that he would be a pretty impactful guy. You wouldn't have to wait too, too long for it. But again, it's one thing to think that. It's another thing to see it, and we certainly saw it yesterday. So outside of the O-line play and then Freeland in there for Ryman, uh, those two individuals, Moss and Downs, to me, deserve mention. Quickly, here's Shane Steichen yesterday on Zach Moss's big day. I mean, he ran hard. He had good vision. He popped a few, obviously, that third and one. They were in kind of a zero-plug look, and he popped it for 50-plus. And then, obviously, that third down backed up. Great job by the defense getting that stop on fourth down. That was huge. And then to get that 15-play drive, but that third down he caught out of the backfield to go down the sidelines to get some momentum there was huge. But just resilient, running tough, taking care of the football, uh, making big plays for us. I think Moss just knows who he is. Like, he knows his running style. He's committed. He gets downhill. He bounces off guys. He had a huge third down catch on that clock-eating drive, which iced it early on in that series where, you know, if you get stopped there, you you are going to have to punt. It's not going to be great field position. All of those things. A couple calls we can get to as well. Mark, let's go with Ray here on this Monday morning. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning, fellas. How you doing? All righty. I just want to touch on something really quickly here before I get into the reason why I did call. Um, The AR thing is unfortunate. It's highly unfortunate. But, you know, we just got to live with it right now. But it's, it's Victory Monday. It's time to go in about that game that we seen yesterday. Um, the Colts, 
pulled Tennessee's pants down and laid them across <laughs> our lap, and we spanked them all dang. Quite hey, the visual. I, I, I was there. I seen it, man. I seen it from start to finish. We laid them across our lap. We spanked them. It, it, this was long coming. And, you know, I got into the stadium about 11.30, and I usually get there about 12.50 to, uh, for the flag and, you know, to hear the national anthem. But I got there early. Some told me to get there early. And, you know, I want to touch on um, one of your colleagues who scoffed at me in touchdown town. I told him, man, I said, we, run, we still run the South, and we're the bullies of the AFC. And he laughed at me. And, and, and that's JMV. He laughed at me. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I said. Okay, okay. you should have spanked JMV in touchdown yeah, yeah, town. Put, Set the tone. Yeah, you should have put yeah. JMV across your lap, yeah. as you so eloquently yeah. said. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to, but I said, you know what? We're we're going to see. Okay, and, and we got in there and we ripped them up. Stop Henry. Stop Tannehill. And you know, Hopkins got a little garbage time yards, but. Who cares? We ripped them. Um, you know, we, we, we run the South now. I'm going to call it, man. I, I've been, you know, I can't hold off any longer. I can't hold off any longer, man. I've been waiting for this. Right. <laughs> right. Outstanding. I, I, there's an element of, like, is he whispering in the cube right now to make sure? Yeah. that it, I, th- I thought the voice got a little quieter when he said, laid him across the lap and just spanked him. I imagined him actually like, doing the hand motions as well, like he was yeah. spanking it while he was talking to us. But that save, sounded weird. Save that. No, it, it sounded weird because it was. It was weird. I, I don't feel like that's that's not how spanking goes anymore. The well, laying I, across the lap, and the, I mean, I, I yeah, don't know. Again, I, you I, guys are fathers. You I, guys, you know. No, I've not. I've not spanked Rosie yet <laughs> in her three years plus on this earth. Max, yeah, thirteen months old, probably not. I'll uh, tell you, got would, spanked. Marcus Freeman got spanked. Would be the yes, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, Jeff Rob did that to Marcus Freeman. We yeah. should do that the Monday morning spanking. Who got spanked? Bill Belichick, uh, Marcus Freeman, who I keep wanting to call Mor- Morgan Freeman for some reason. No, yeah, he coached probably like Morgan. <laughs> Morgan Freeman would have coached there on Saturday. I do want to get to our goats of the weekend here in just a second. I feel like we've gotten a variety of Anthony Richardson reports here mm-hmm. on this Monday morning. So I guess just to try and kind of summarize it all, um, Anthony Richardson, we know, left the game, right shoulder injury. The Colts um, have not reported anything on that. He is, or Shane Sykin is due for a conference call coming up at 2.30 today. So that will be the next update from the Colts. Uh, Andy, feel free to interject on who I've missed here, but it seems like whether it's Ian Rappaport, whether it's Diana Rossini, they have mentioned in that four to kind of six week window for uh, Richardson. You know, Stephen Holder you know, said that you know the team has confirmed nothing on that end just yet. Um, speaking of ESPN, that's obviously Stephen. Uh, this is from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN saying that Richardson is seeking a second opinion from renowned shoulder specialist Keith Meister. Okay. Per source. Expected him on. Expected to miss this week, but team and players still charting course and gathering info. The belief is a sprained AC joint. So it does seem like a consensus has been sprained AC joint. Multiple opinions are being seeked out. He's going to miss time. 
the length of that time, whether you believe Rappaport, you believe Dan Rossini, four to six weeks. Others maybe are not ready to go to that timetable just yet. Yeah, Josina Anderson, we read that, what, last segment, you know, a third option coming up for Anthony Richardson. He and may she mentioned th- surgery. And she mentioned, hey, there's other plans and there's a plan out there. If that involves surgery, that will be talked about as well. So, I mean, we're just going to, you know, Steichen will have probably by the time he speaks today will not have I mean Sykins we're not going to have any sort of answer right like this is going to happen not on a day where Sty- like it's not going to be right after we get off the air it's like ah, he's out six weeks and then Steichen's going to talk about it today that's not my feeling on it I- I'm just I am interested in what Steichen thinks because he has had to he has had to pivot this season as much as just about as much as any coach in the NFL has he not I mean who has had the yeah, starting some, quarterback some issues pivoting you know what that's Twice, you know, you've had to pivot for an entire half. Yeah, second plus. quarter, yeah. Uh, you know, that happened Houston early second quarter. Obviously, yesterday, late second quarter um, on that end. So, um, we'll continue to keep you updated. Certainly, uh, Jake and Jimmy will do that. And then John, as well, if he's not being spanked by Ray, will uh, do that. That touchdown up here. club's a good idea. I mean, $3, three. beers right out front. Town. Is, yeah, touchdown, touchdown town. town. You can run the 40, go get a $3 Bud Light. Come on, that's a good deal. Great deal. Take that to the press box. You know my thing. I've always said this. I just don't understand why you can't have beer in the press box. I, I've thought that oh, every a working environment. college, NFL, anything. Come on, you you know you should be able to go up there and, and get a pop right for the second half. Get a corn dog. Get a get a slice of pizza. Well, you, you can get do a that. Bud Light. Let's well, go. Pizza and hot dogs ain't getting you drunk. <laughs> Alcoholic beverages though. People <laughs> mixed drink for probably, the second probably, half. I don't know if I want to see a few of my colleagues <laughs> after a few pops watching the Colts game. All right, let's do our goats of the weekend right now. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. (laughs) This guy sucks. Of the week. All right, who wants to start it off? Because, yeah, I, I mean, to me, there's two ways we can go with goats, maybe I'll three go. ways for the entire, you know, weekend. I'm going to go lowercase, and it was okay. nice to, you know, watch that Notre Dame game, and then very quickly after the Notre Dame game <laughs> ended, and that just beat down that Louisville performed on the Irish and thought, you know what, Marcus Freeman, you should be happy that you're not associated with the University of Miami <laughs> oh, right man, now. This going to be mine. Mario Cristobal... Oh. In the worst clock management, and you know what? Credit to our guy who we had on just a couple weeks ago, Tim Hasselbeck. He was on the call. He was the color analyst for the game, Miami-Georgia Tech. Basically, all Miami has to do is kneel the ball down. They were what? Like at Georgia Tech's like 40, 30, something like okay, that? They, I have I have it pulled up because this was going to be mine. They were at the 20s, uh, the, yeah, the Georgia Tech 26-yard line. And they are leading. No, the 30-yard line, yes. They are leading the game. No timeouts for the Yellow Jackets. The play clock, we have gotten under 40 seconds. So you snap it one time, the game is going to be over with a <laughs> kneel down. Miami runs it up the gut. Georgia Tech, as you would guess, is stripping at the football like no other. They are able to pry it free. They recover it. And guys, it doesn't stop there. 
Then Georgia Tech drives down with no timeouts, throws like a mini Hail Mary, and they score and they win the game. 45, uh, yeah. So it's like, okay, so it's a lowercase goat on Cristobal, and then, sorry, you got to lay a little bit of blame. Who's their defensive coordinator? On the poor kid, Donald Chaney Jr. Who fumbled fumbled the ball, and then the entire defense allows a 44-yard touchdown to someone by the name of Christian Leary. Mario Cristobal, it might be a top three recruiter in the country. I mean, he that, stinks as a head coach. Notre Dame needed that badly. So thank you, Mario Cristobal, for providing you that. You know the thing that makes it even worse? This is the second time this I, has happened to Mario that. Cristobal. It happened, it happened when he Oregon. was in Oregon. Yeah. The guy gets huge jobs. Again, he can recruit right after the like hours after this happened, they got a five star. <laughs> they did. <laughs> did he Miami, the ending? Hours hours after they botched that, they got a commitment from a five star. Mark, lowercase goat for you. Unbelievable. Uh, my lowercase goat is that Mac Jones is worse than Zach oh. Wilson. Jones completed only 12 passes of 22 attempts. He's he bad. threw two picks, no touchdowns. And what is becoming a weekly occurrence, he got pulled for Bailey Zappi. It's probably the least relevant and interesting Patriots team in decades. And he is the main cause because he is awful. He's so could we terrible. be getting in Germany, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but in a month and three days, could we be getting Bailey Zappi against Gardner Minshew? Oh, oh so. man, line up Munich. <laughs> so if I'm not mistaken, I, so, I think Frankfurt, Mark, remember? Frankfurt, oh, yeah, right, Germany, yeah, that's it, right. it, it's the first games in Frankfurt. My Miami, Kansas City is the week prior, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to go from Tua Mahomes to <laughs> Minshew and Zappi? <laughs> What is this garbage? <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> no more nine. <laughs> we should outstanding we should, by Mark. We Eichel. should do Germany sports talk radio. That is really good. That was very. That's good. some of the best stuff you've done. Well, okay, so both of those were basically going to be my. The only other one that I could throw out there would be in college football. Kentucky football talked big and went down, and guy was down like twenty. Was down four touchdowns to Georgia in the first five minutes. Yeah, they made Carson Beck they, look pretty. Good, they actually right? thought they were going to win the game. The only other one would be a fumble and an interception. A bad game for Lamar Jackson yesterday. I mean, the Ravens should be 4-1 and one right now. Uh, my all-caps GOAT. It is darn impressive to me to watch. You know, you, you see on occasion NFL teams get into, and again, it doesn't happen super often, but, I mean, the Colts are one of them, where they win 10 regular season games in a row. They win 12 regular season games in a row. And it's like... Really impressive to see. But you, usually, what is the common trend with all those teams? They've got an unbelievable quarterback. They probably have the <laughs> best quarterback in the entire NFL. Peyton Manning and the Colts won how many regular season games in a row? All of a sudden, you've got the San Francisco 49ers who have now won 14 straight regular season games, and they have done that with Brock. I, I should say they started the streak with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they've moved to Brock Purdy, who at times you're thinking to yourself, what? And then there are moments last Purdy's night good, where you're man. like, he's man, good. He is good. But he's not, you know, Mahomes. Right. Or he's not Manning or Brady, etc. So I'm going to give it to Kyle Shanahan. And I know it might be a little premature to crown the 49ers. And it certainly helps. And if you look at this streak, it started with a Christian McCaffrey trade. But McCaffrey, Debo, and Kittle, that helps a lot. But still, you win 14 in a row. And guys, they're blowing teams out. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Dallas was well thought of, that defense. Of course, Dallas's defense, you know, the first couple weeks, it was Jets and Giants. So let's settle down a little bit on that. I mean, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, no, interse- no interceptions. I mean, Brock Purdy right now, along with Tua, and probably who else would be on that short list? Abs- Christian McCaffrey would probably be on that list. Brock Purdy absolutely should be in the top three or four for NFL MVP right now. There's no last doubt about it. eight games, 37 37- 37, 38, 30, 30, 30, 35, and then 42 points last night. Kyle Shanahan, right there for me. Brock Purdy's mine. He's legit. He's another outstanding performance from four touchdowns, 252 yards. They housed the Cowboys on national TV, improved to 10-0 as a starter, which is just incredible. They look like the legit Super Bowl favorites in either conference. I tell you what, I'll give some love because obviously the Niners and Brock Purdy was at the top of my list. I'll just go to college quickly. Uh, Brent Venables beating Texas and moving to what, 7-0 on the season? That rivalry always yeah, delivers. I, didn't, I did not think he would work there, and he went in the transfer portal and got a bunch on defense. I'm not a huge Dylan Gabriel fan, but that was a massive win, and they set themselves up pretty well here the rest of the way. So I'm going to give mine to Brent Venables just because I kind of crapped on him for the you know the first for the first year he was there in Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that's it. I, I love that like the noon rivalry kind of as you get into a little bit of a lull during the college football season in Oklahoma, Texas, have provided that on a pretty should have given basis. mine to Jeff Brom. They yeah. wouldn't give us uh, him for an interview, otherwise I would have given it to. Thank Jeff you for Brom. not rubbing that. In. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. The pick on the opening drive just set the just, tone. Just, and then, I mean, they had, I mean, they remember the Hartman. Touchdown. Remember when Hartman was going to win the Heisman? Mark, yeah. remember that after who did Notre Dame beat? Was it Navy? They beat him by a hundred. Did 100? I say that? Oh, yeah. Well, no, you didn't. But oh. gas bags on TV. Well, Hartman, you know, I, I was very well. optimistic about Notre Dame season, and now all of a sudden, it is looking like. I- Eight or nine wins so I, and move I, on. I had a buddy, big big U of L fan, who 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 texted me this like like one a.m. Okay, he texted me like one a.m. and and he said, and he's not a Colts fan. Understand that he's not a Colts fan. And you know, there's some people that are listening to me and knows I made the move in markets and that's fine and everything. And he goes, you know what I want. I want to hear Kevin Bowen cry on Monday. Who that, is- that, that, that's what he said. I go, you don't even know him. Who is this? It's just a buddy of mine. I go, you don't even know him. They want your tears. That's what they want. I'd love to. I, I'd love to do <laughs> to that guy what Ray, what Ray was describing Colts and Titans yesterday. <laughs> spank him like Ray was going to spank JMV. I just hate Louisville fans. Oh, I, I, I've told you, Andy. We went. My older brother and I went twice to Notre Dame at Louisville. This had been Freedom Hall back when Notre Dame had Luke Herringody. Notre Dame lost in overtime back-to-back years. We went double <laughs> overtime one year, single overtime. Oh, yeah. Those two played great games. The next year. Unbelievable series. And walking out of Freedom Hall, I mean, these fans are, you know, pray to Yahweh, blah, blah, blah. And they're yelling at <laughs> me and my brother. I'm like, this. and these are like, we're talking like Big Monday games. So, you know, it's like the... 9.45, hell, it was overtime. Or like 10.30, you get back to your car, and it's like, oh, my God, now we have to drive home after this. And I, I just hate Louisville. I, I uh, There you go. I, I remember... I remember, I think the drunkest early crowd that I had been to is when, remember when Notre Dame played the one-off against Kentucky? And I think, I think it was it was it was a Ben Hansborough that Notre Dame had. Didn't they have a Hansborough brother? Yeah, uh-huh. Was ben? it Ben? Well, was well, that they, who it was? They lost him in the Elite Eight. Are you, yeah, no, is they, it a regular season no, game? No, they played a regular season yeah. game in they Freedom Hall. They beat them and at, it's, a couple times. Yeah, at, um, it's the drunk. It's, well, this was against Kentucky. It's the drunkest, one of the drunkest basketball crowds that I had ever seen. I feel like they're always just drunk. Yes. 
and obnoxious. Yes. yes. Which yes. I guess those kind of go hand in hand. Your Notre Dame team is going to live in Louisville lore of one of the five, six, seven games where they're going to look back in their program and say, remember when we did this and we stormed the field and everything else. And isn't it's that it, damn Sam Hartman, man. Isn't it crazy how quickly it can turn? And I feel like in college football, it can turn really quickly. Oh, your like, season's over. Like two weeks ago, yeah. Notre Dame's a foot away yeah. from having yeah. the win of the college football season, being in the forefront of a playoff spot. And now it's like, is Marcus Freeman the right man for the job? Like it, it, it just turns so. so we need quickly. to do a check down, but Jimmy Cook, you know our guy at noon, Jimmy Cook said honeymoon's over. He said honeymoon is over for Marcus Freeman. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I'd like to have a word with Jimmy Cook a little bit later. Well, he, can today. I say this as well? Eddie Garrison's in here right now, and he's getting ready to write on the board all the, di- yeah, all the different things that are happening this week on The Fan. Time's New Roman. And I have never seen him perform live. No, boy. Like, I, like I am, I'm excited. I've always seen the painting after it's been painted. Okay? I've never seen the handwriting like when it's actually happening on the, uh, on the whiteboard here. So I'm very excited. So I may need you to carry things here. I'm a little nervous about what we might find under Andy's seat after Eddie Garrison gets done here. All right, week five around the NFL. Um, AFC South, how about the Jags? That that might have been one of the best performances of the weekend, what Jacksonville was able to do against Buffalo in London. So they win both of their games overseas. Now they return Houston could have won too, man. Home. Yeah, and yeah. for a while Houston there, it looked like Houston was going to beat Atlanta. So that's the AFC South. Jags win in London. Houston loses a close one to Atlanta. Mark mentioned it. The Patriots get absolutely blitzed at home. I was not watching it live, but it sounded like we had some nervous moments there for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. Did the Swifties he, he, cure him? Well, he had a non-contact injury, and so anytime that happens, it's like, oh boy, what happened? Well, he got and on they, the sideline, threw his helmets. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah, this could he, be bad. he did. He exhibited all of the, oh, I'm injured. Right. This is on not turf, good. right? Yeah, on turf, At Minnesota. That sort of thing. And then it was a high ankle sprain, and those are three weeks. I mean, if it's a high ankle sprain, those can be a couple weeks. He comes back in the game, he gets a touchdown. He looks like Travis Kelsey, and then after the game, I think they called it just a low ankle sprain. So I would not so imagine he's got it from high to low. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're watching. She wasn't in attendance. She yesterday. was not in attendance. Thank God. Raiders Packers oh. tonight, Monday night football. Uh, okay, so I was two and one in the Sweeney six pack. Um, two, um, three, two and one, uh, two and one in the NFL. Oh. Three and two overall, and I had the Packers tonight plus two. So I have Green Bay winning outright. Yuck. Plus two tonight. All right, speaking of Major League Baseball action, we will get the NL Game 2s underway in these divisional round coming up tonight. It was both of the road teams winning in Game 1. So that would be Phillies over the Braves. It is a 6.07 first pitch from Atlanta tonight. And at 9.07, it'll be the Diamondbacks. Beat up Clayton Kershaw in Game 1. They will try to go up 2-0. We already saw in the AL a road team go up 2-0. That would be the Texas Rangers undefeated here. In the playoffs, they beat Baltimore, took both of those games in Camden Yards. Twins and Astros even at one apiece after the Twins went in Houston yesterday. Yeah, just to clean up a couple things, Purdue losers 20-14 to at Iowa, so Brian Ferentz doesn't get to his magic number of 26, uh, and Purdue's not going to get to their magic number of six. They're not going to win six games, couple losses uh, that they you know could have went the other way. Obviously, Saturday was one of those losers 20-14 to there. Just wanted to clean that up as we head into 
the final couple segments of the show. And Pacers went to overtime and lost. Yeah, I mean, please, Pacers what are we doing? preseason opener. Benedict Mathern had 18 to lead the starters. No Tyrese Halliburton in that one. Him, Daniel Tyson, Andrew Nemhard were all out. The Pacers will have three more preseason games here. Uh, coming up tomorrow night, they will be in Houston. And then home preseason games. Uh, would be next Monday and next Friday. Now, they did, if I'm not mistaken, they did play Buddy Heald and Matherin together yesterday. That little did bit, happen, yeah, a yeah. little bit. The, the, the starting lineup was TJ McConnell and then the other four I think you would expect. That would be Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, Obi Toppin, and Miles Turner. But yeah, there there, there were a couple stretches there where Heald and Matherin did play together. Jairus Walker... Kind of odd. He didn't play in the first half. I figured that was when you were playing your rotation, if you will. Uh, but then he did play in the second half and was really good. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists for the top 10 pick can, out of Houston. Can I throw in one more? I did not see this. Seth Davis reporting uh, that the Big 12 is looking to add as uh, as you know soon as next year, Gonzaga. Did you see that this morning? Lost in uh, everything, Gonzaga, part of the Big 12. I have not seen yeah. that, but I feel like that was kind of the rumor, right? Because isn't the Big 12 the basketball conference? Yeah, it was the rumor, but that's something. I guess he works for something named The Messenger now, does Seth Davis. The Big 12 and Gonzaga have resumed negotiations, a possibility they join the league next season. Uh, that would be big for them because they're, you know their conference schedule right now is just absolute garbage for two and a half months. All right, we will close things out here in the final couple segments. Back into the Colts' win over the Titans yesterday. Yesterday to move to three and two, tied atop the AFC South, and a big one coming up Sunday in Jacksonville. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us here on 93.5107.5. The F- life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, last uh, 20 minutes, last couple segments of the show. Been a fun reaction Monday here on the fan, the win, the contract from JT, and then obviously the Anthony Richardson injury uh, information will continue, I'm sure, to roll in over the next few hours and days with that. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about, Thomas wants to talk about. You want to take his phone call, KB? Yeah, I know he's been hanging in there for quite a while. Yeah. Thomas, thank you for the patience here on this Monday morning. Not a problem. Hey, in Broad Ripple, we have a shop that for years has had a T-shirt in the front that says, run the damn ball. I'm thinking we need to get a new shirt that says, take the freaking point. <laughs> I assume you're talking the end of the half, uh, yeah, taking the field goal and leading by seven instead of four at halftime. Yeah, but you, you guys have also been talking about how great that long drive was, but just think if that field goal could have put us up by 10 instead of 7. Sure would have made things a lot more chill. 
uh, on the defensive stand there at the end. Thomas, thank you for that call. That's something we haven't brought up a ton, Andy. That sequence there at the end of the first half, again, a fourth and one. The Colts were without any timeouts after that. And Gardner Minshew had Kylan Granson open. Uh, to be fair, I think you also have to acknowledge there was a Tennessee defender right in front of Minshew, making that throw much more difficult than it looked. And honestly, Granson kind of, you know, he, he had a chance. It would have been a hell of a grab, but he would have had to gone to the ground, Andy, to catch it. The clock probably just flat out runs out mm-hmm. if he catches that. Because if he falls to the ground, Tennessee defender runs over, taps him down. You probably don't have enough time to even get up and run. That would have been even more disaster than the play. It would have been itself. Cl- it would have been close. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it would have been, been very, very close. close. I am not one of these that say always take the points, always go for and fourth down. I believe circumstances, game flow, personnel, all of that matters. In this case, the personnel was a backup quarterback in the game. In that instance, I was team take the points there. Because I felt like your defense had played so solid up to that point that I'm thinking, man, it's going to be hard for Tennessee to get to whatever number you think they're going to get to in this game. And as long as Minshew can get to, I don't know, that would have been 13 points. If you get to 16 or 19, that could be enough. I thought 19-17 was my score prediction at the uh, on, on Friday there. So... Um, it would have been enough had you got to 19 there, and that would have made it 13 to six. Certainly, you still would have had to score a little bit in the second half. But yeah, I, I was uh, I was team take the points there. Okay, so I am I, when I'm watching that game at Lucas Oil, I was team take the points. The only, the caveat I will give, and it's all well, quickly, it's all the same reasons KB that you just mentioned. It's going to be a close game. Points are going to matter. Any points are going to matter. And at that point, I don't know. I mean, the the air was taken out of Lucas Oil because of the AR injury uh, and everything else. So, you know, you, you, even though I like Minshew, I understand why they did what they did. I was team take the points and get the three. In fact, so much so, you know, I made a note. How big of a conversation piece is that going to be? The only thing, and I think it absolutely does need to be mentioned, is in those situations, Shane Steichen flat out believes he can he can come up with a call play or he can play <laughs> he can call a play that's going to score there. He, he can, but Andy, he also is not a guy that just you scream down to him, "Hey, this is a green, 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 sixty-two percent green on our sheet here." This says that every single week, when it's fourth and inches from the seventeen-yard line, right. and you're up four you're points, you're doing the exact always, same yeah. thing. He's right. not married to that, which I think Colts fans should appreciate. Like he doesn't look at the analytics sheet and think that's gospel. He factors in some other stuff there. Um, so I do think that is a sign that you would like. Andy, I think we do our fan tweets here, and then let's close things out with the latest on Richardson because I know some things have been kind of all over the place here on this Monday morning with where things stand with Anthony Richardson and the um, diagnosis of his injury. Uh, so let's give our fan headlines from yesterday. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ripped from the headlines of the newspaper. We'll do it live! F*** it. Post-game headlines. F***ing thing sucks! Post-game headlines, as always, Mark Dykin fires off a tweet in five words or less. Give us your thoughts on what you just witnessed. Guys, a lot of Zach Moss puns. 
It was like the puka, the puka, twe- puka tweets last. <laughs> it, week. It was but a couple uh, good puka ones last week. Those are going to be tough to beat, man. This from Aaron Titans defense says no moss. <laughs> Todd, a rolling moss pretty, gathers good. TDs. And I don't know if Ray, our caller from earlier this hour, has a burner account under the name of Jason. But this from Jason, Moss, comma Franklin, give Titans spanking. Moss, a lot of spanking references here on this Monday morning. Uh, that is that what happens when you beat Mike Vrabel? You immediately go to the spanking reference. Uh, Moss, show me the money. Boy, this is a bean one. Definitely not a snoreboard snowboarding accident. Yes, oh boy, saw. that's a little bit of an Andrew Luck comment <laughs> I there. All that one. Moss worth fourteen mil. No, no, he's not. No. Mark, no. anything on your end? Uh, I mean, somewhere is is Richardson a glass house? Obviously, that's one of the. The big headlines there. Stop calling designed runs for quarterbacks. (laughs) I like this one. Caution. Colts chemistry is brewing. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. How about this one from Nate? A little drastic here. Still need long-term QB. Are we there? No. No. Not five games. Is it a fair question to ask? Well, you're not drafting high enough. If you were gonna, if you didn't have, if you were playing Sam Ellinger the rest of the way, and you would not beat Baltimore, and let's say you had lost yesterday, I, I think there would be absolutely, I think absolutely there would be fans right now in Colts Nation who would say, "Hey, we need to lose some games." Caleb Williams, Drake May, there are some options at the top of this year's NFL draft, but I, I don't think that's the case at all. And I think they're going to win some games, and they've already won enough games to where that's not going to be the case. I do yeah. think it's the worst case scenario for the Colts as far as Anthony Richardson's concerned though because you want to have you want to end the season having an idea of what you have in him your fourth overall pick right and I just feel like if he's out through Thanksgiving and God forbid if he gets comes back and gets hurt again I mean it's just gonna be a big incomplete on the season and I think that's gonna be a really big question mark heading into 2024 something that I don't think they plan for and that they want to think might be on their schedule that they will just not know going into training camp next year yeah again I don't think Nate that that is 1000% like needed or right but the fact that you can even debate that question is I think where the worrisome lies now a month into the season honestly it's probably a question that you know in a a different way you know Mark's bear had for a couple months Ooh. to start last offseason of like, okay, is Justin Fields 1,000% the guy, you know, you don't want to be in purgatory. You don't want to be the Dolphins with Tannehill. You know, that that, that sort of thing of like, well, we drafted him top 10. We think we like him. We're not sure. Uh, you know, okay, now he's gone and boom. You are moving on from there. All right, we'll round things out with the latest on Anthony Richardson. Get you set for the rest of this Monday here in it. All right, so this final segment, you know, KB moved us aside. He said, guys, I really want to talk about this Sean Payton versus Nathaniel Hackett uh, battle that we saw last night. I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. I did love uh, the, the Jets NFL. trolling <laughs> on Twitter yeah. of that storyline. Yeah. That Enjoy was your four wins this season. Absolutely uh, outstanding. To, to the New York Jets. Uh, just one thing. Eddie Garrison was in here, uh, and he was, he was talking about family members and how people in their section, he was out in Lucas Oil yesterday, and in the section, people were mentioning how Minshew, you know, has won some games or has, you know, has come in in the second quarter and, and guided the Indianapolis Colts to victories. And, you know, we had, we had a Titans guest on Friday and I've just, I've had multiple people wonder since 
AR has been injured that maybe Minshew should have been playing from day one anyway. And Anthony Richardson could have, you know, kind of figured things out, what to do, what not to do. I couldn't and, disagree with that and, more. And, and listen, I totally disagree with that as well. If AR were playing poorly and, if, you know, Minshew was in these games because AR wasn't very good, that would be a different discussion. And we have seen teams do that. Like, if you wanted to bench Bryce Young in Carolina for not being very good, okay. Um, but that, like, to me, that's not the case. AR is not in these games because he's been injured, not because it's been bad play. He was good before he got injured. Uh, yesterday, and he was damn great in the Houston game before he was injured. He's fantastic. I mean, if you want to make it like a starting pitcher analogy, Andy, Anthony Richardson has given you five to six innings with a 3-1 lead when he's exited both of those times. Like, yeah. you, you, you've been in a position to win the game. Minshew's done. And there's no way of saying this without it just sounding like a ripping of Minshew. Minshew deserves to be commended for what he's done. NFL NFL head coaches dream to have a backup quarterback that comes in and gives you something you are expecting. Consistency, not volatility. Minshew has done that. Hasn't turned it over. Um, He's been very, very solid. But in the short term, and especially the long term, Richardson's the guy that you need. It puts too much pressure on other areas of the team when your offense lacks some of the explosive nature. Third and 16, boom, throwing up to downs makes a great play yesterday. That's what Richardson can provide you. What um, What are you expecting today? Anything from Steichen? Well, Probably not too much. You know, let's just give a little bit of lay of the land on what we have found out this morning related to Anthony Richardson. Still nothing official. Um, everything has been unconfirmed, but the national reports, it seems like the, and again, Andy, feel free to chime in with any info that I'm missing here. Basically, they are labeling labeling this a grade three AC sprain in the throwing shoulder for Anthony Richardson. They believe it seems like multiple opinions on that are needed. And Ian Rappaport and Diana, Diana Rossini have thrown out a time frame of four-ish weeks. On that? Yeah, four to six weeks. And Josina Anderson's the only one to mention that there could be an option out there that involves surgery. Uh, just throwing that out there. And again, I don't know how much we get from Steichen today. If he's getting a third opinion, you'd imagine that would be, what, today, tomorrow, something like that. So Steichen's not going to be able probably to give us too much other than just simply talking about the injury and you about how bad surgery he surgery would for mean... The Maybe season. The, yeah, I, I, I would say oh, I, you know, I mean, much, much longer. Yeah, I and think I'm that's going where back we to, go. You know, when Andrew Luck got hurt in week three of that 2015 season, that was a labrum you know, injury. Not And again, we're going to have Will Carroll on tomorrow to look a little bit closer and know, okay, exactly what is the situation here? What's the difference between labrum, AC joint, those sorts of things. But Andy, Luck missed two weeks. And then he came back and he played the rest of that 2015 season until he lacerated his kidney. Um, but... They elected not to have surgery after that 2015 season. Try to play through it in 2016. Missed some practice time weekly for it. Then he has surgery after 2016. I always say I think there would be some regret in thinking rehab over surgery with luck. Again, not the same exact injury. Very different, you know, uh, style of quarterback, certainly. Um, who knows if that is a debate there, but I'm curious to see how that plays out with this but we'll find out from Sykin at 2.30 whether you know he wants to confirm any of these any of these reports or not but right now it seems like that four-ish week timetable that's what we've seen most often reported 
from uh, those national media. Members. I guess for you, you know, one thing we talked about a lot in the seven and eight o'clock hours was how does the narrative change now, given that everything was about Anthony Richardson this season? It really trumped so many other parts of the roster. It trumped wins and losses to some people. And KB, I know that was very much on the forefront of your mind. And then if you go four to six weeks, I mean, there is a chance after the game in Germany and then the bye, you're looking at Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles and company coming in to Lucas Oil. And that would be on November 26th. That would be the Sunday after all of the Thanksgiving festivities. I mean, at that point, you would have, what, two, four, six games left? What do you need to see? I mean, do you, are you sitting here saying you need to see four, five, six games at the end of the season from Anthony Richardson? Is that where you are? I think if healthy and you have elected to go the route that you think is best possible for him long term, then he should play. Um, I, I just think the game reps are so precious. You need to try and get him into those settings and whether that means altering a playing style, which I think frankly think he had kind of done a little bit in these last two weeks or you know maybe he throws more from the pocket and isn't as much of a design runner Uh, he just needs to see things he needs to be like again Andy just like I said when he missed the Baltimore game a couple weeks ago what a bummer to miss Mm -hmm. that defense and that atmosphere I feel the same way about Sunday I mean this all seriousness Sunday's going to be a good atmosphere it's the yeah. Colts and Jacks for first place in the AFC South. It's a place you've been going since 2014. You faced them week one. How do you respond to them the second time? That's a bummer, assuming Richardson will miss that. So we'll obviously recap all of that, get more of the Jonathan Taylor contract. We'll do that tomorrow. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy.